Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I've just started doing Peter Andre's Insomnia. Insania. In- insania, What's- rather. It's WrestleMania. That's what I've started doing there, Tom, and I didn't mean to do it, but we'll go with it. I am Gary YouTube from Cultaholic Wrestling, joined by yet another Gary YouTube, and we are back to do some more Gary YouTubing in the form of a tier list ranking malarkey, this time going through all of the WrestleMania main events. How are you doing, Gary, Tom, Gary, Tom, Gary, Tom, 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 Gary? Gary? I am doing great. I am excited for Gary Mania this weekend ahead of TakeOver Gary and Deliver. It's a big week of wrestling (laughs) that I'm very proud to be ranking with you, Gary, in a historical manner. In a very historical manner. So let's just get cracking with the knacking. Sam, hit that there intro, please. Bonnie lad, which means beautiful boy. So just in case you haven't been here before, yes, I still need to read them out because I have the memory of a goldfish. We have several tiers to put these WrestleMania main events into. I'll look down at the laptop. They rang from the best to lovely, 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 to all right, to just about bearable, to get in the bin. And Tom, we're going all the way back in a chronological order to WrestleMania 1, where the main event was, of course, Mr. T and Hollywood, not Hollywood Hogan. Hulk Hogan wasn't Hollywood yet. He was just basic. He was blonde. He was a bitch. Uh, against Roddy Piper <laughs> and Paul Orndorff. Your overriding memories of that there main event from WrestleMania 1. Well, it's it's iconic in the sense that it is the, the WrestleMania 1 main event. It's the first main event of the first ever WrestleMania. And I think that historically, people remember the whole show as a thing, as opposed to this particular match. And like, there's so many elements. I think it's more the fact that it's the spectacle and the shenanigans around there. Mr. T and Hulk Hogan were teammates, and that's kind of remembered. But the main event is sort of lost in time a little bit, if you want my honest opinion. My overriding memories of WrestleMania 1 is just um, Lord Mr. Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes just sort of getting things wrong. Have I got the... the I've said, I'm not there here today, Tom. I'm not thinking straight. Lord Alfred... It was Lord Alfred Hayes. Lord Alfred he, Hayes. Lord Alfred Hayes was the guy. He, he, he was the... <laughs> <laughs> my head's gone. My head's gone. It's gone Mildred. completely. It's WrestleMania. My head's gone. Um, he was the one that was in the in the, in the the aisleway, and he'd interview the wrestlers as they were coming to and from the ring. And 
it was just weird because he'd be talking, going, well, that was a great badge featuring Greg the Hammer Valentine. And um, as he was, you'd see, like, Greg um, Valentine <laughs> knackered walking up to him. He might have a chat with him. He might just brush past him. But then the next wrestler would walk past them. So there was a... The, the production wasn't... We were, we were a long way away from getting the production right for WrestleMania at this point. Um, but it's it's given a pass because it's it's the first WrestleMania. It's the first of its type. It's the, the event that Vince McMahon put all his money into and, and it was sink or swim. And I mean, obviously, it's, it, it did well because we're here on YouTube talking about it. We would have all been dentists otherwise. Yeah. Um, but in terms of this main event, and this is where... Um, I, I famously fell out with Justin Henry from Off of America, who I do the classic Raw review with, when we broke down WrestleMania 3 and I gave it a C plus, um, because uh, in based on in-ring shenanigans. Um, and I don't want to fall out with him too much, but this isn't the best main event. It's not. We're going to have it's to a, do it, this within the, the sort of vacuum of WrestleMania main events because comparatively to other WrestleMania main events, it just doesn't match up whatsoever. But it's the no. it's the showmanship. It's the it's it's everything you want from professional wrestling. You got Muhammad Ali as the special uh, outside official, Pat Patterson the special guest referee, Liberace is the timekeeper. Uh, you got Cowboy Bob ducking Muhammad Ali. You've got Mr. T and Roddy Piper just scrapping like two drunk men in a pub until a few wrestling moves happen later in the match. It's weird. It's a weird one to sort of put in a tier ranking thing because do you judge up against Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from 25 or do you just look at it for being what it was, a fantastic spectacle, a nonsensical bollocks where all the rules were just sort of put to one side just in the name of good old-fashioned fun? <laughs> and, and exactly. And this was, again, one of those matches that is a, is a watershed because it's not about, like, it's not the best technical wrestling match as the main event. It is, like you say, just a, a lot of silly bollocks. In the main event, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it in all right because whilst it is a, an important moment in wrestling, is it an entertaining match? Ah, I would say history says otherwise. I'm gonna put it in all right for now. I'm sure there will be discussions as the show goes on as to whether we move it up or move it down. That is the but beauty of the tier ranking right. thing. They they move as we go along. And next we're going to WrestleMania 2, of course, Tom. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in that cage. Immediately, I'm just thinking about my memories of that match and I'm thinking this is low down in this tier ranking malarkey. Well, in that cage is going in that bin. Whoa! So we start strong with our first in the bin. This is... Now, they, they nailed the formula for WrestleMania 1. They get to WrestleMania 2, and they go, we're going to make it a big multi-location event, and Hogan's going to fight Bundy in a cage very last. And it was a rubbish match. It really was. It, was, it, was, it would have been a great house show main event. But this is WrestleMania. This yeah. is the biggest show of the year. And even though even though at this point it's not really galvanized as like this this massive moment, but still, if you're pitching this to be your flagship show of the year, it's really the best you can do. Bundy versus Hogan. Hogan, yes, Bundy. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think some of these have got to go in the bin. And let's start off with WrestleMania two. Sorry, Bundy. I'm not going to argue with you, Tom. Did Elvira not save things for you with her bit kinky commentary? Oh, oh. More, more flesh is out there for the dads when the bandage uh, gets ripped off Hogan's stomach. 
<laughs> Again, like, it's that thing of they love the celebrity spectacle for WrestleMania, even if it's at the behest of what's going on there. Again, with WrestleMania 2, it's not remembered for this match. The, the, the match this is re- remembered for is the wrestlers versus footballers battle royal that took place, and it was the, the, the standout performance of Andre the Giant and William Refrigerator Perry that people remember from this, not this main event. And I'm glad they don't, because this main event was pretty crap. Yeah, it was just basic, wasn't it? Heel versus mm. babyface, slow and plodding as it would be with those two lads involved, I guess. But the highlights for me, Tom, just watching the back the other day, was the camera angles. Love the camera angles up from above, like shooting down yeah. below from a bird's eye view. And then Hogan ripping his shirt off during his entrance on top of the cage. I thought that was a fantastic visual. But apart from that, there's literally now to shout about, is there? <laughs> so in the bin, it goes. And then I guess we're not going to the bin for this next one. WrestleMania 3, of course. Hogan versus Andre. Iconic from top to bottom. Iconic entrances. Iconic standoff. Iconic slam. All of the iconics, apart from Billy and Peyton, obviously. <laughs> this is our first one for the best. It is. Uh, And you know what? You're going to go, oh, look at you. You you judged Bundy and Hogan on its in-ring merits and you said it was in the bin. This is just as bad. And you said it's the best. And to you, I say, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's what I've done. Now, there is so much more. Uh, it's more than just a match. This is a, a, this is a, a beautifully built occasion. This is, this is Andre turning his back on Hulk Hogan. And the story being that Andre is undefeated as a wrestler. And, and this is Hogan, had, who had Andre on side, all of a sudden doesn't. And it feels like the end of Hulkamania. In, in, we're not even out of the 80s yet. And it feels like Hulkamania is coming to an end if Andre the Giant has his way. Uh, the match itself... It's in ring. It's it ain't you know it ain't Masawa Kabashi. Uh, it's um, but what, because Andre is 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 very knackered at this point. He's literally kind of held together. I mean, to put it this way, right? Andre was in such a bad way going into this match that they had Paul Orndorff on standby. Even up until like the day before WrestleMania, because mm. they thought that Andre might not make it to this match. And there is a parallel universe where Andre's body gives out on him early and WrestleMania 3 is headlined by Hogan versus Orndorff, which would have been in ring a better match. But this is the spectacle. This is this is this is where so much. And as you said, iconic, iconic. This is where so many iconic moments are created. It's in the the rise of Hulk Hogan, it's the, the 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 monster that is Andre the Giant. It is the the visual of Hogan slamming Andre. That's what this match all builds up to. The moment where Hogan picks up and drops the Giant. It's an image that people they call it the Hogan Andre spot. In some, I've heard people mention the Hogan Andre spot. Like it's 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 that definitive over years. Which is why this has to be the best. This is the first time, and it's taken three years to do it. It's the first time where a WrestleMania main event felt like a WrestleMania main event. Just goes to show, doesn't it? When you speak about WrestleMania, you think about the the flashbulbs in behind Terry and Andre's head. But then one thing I didn't realize that happened, because it's never ever talked about, is Hogan going for a pile driver on the exposed concrete. A death match flavour to the main event of <laughs> WrestleMania 3. <laughs> but i tell you what, though. Andre being knackered added to the match for me because obviously the story early on is Hogan trying to get the giant off his feet. And he finally gets him down with that big old lariat that he goes for off the ropes. And the way that Andre goes down, it's obviously not like a pro wrestling bump. He goes down in stages as he would 
if a six foot eight tanned behemoth flew at you down the street, just walking down the street in Newcastle upon Tyne. <laughs> it wasn't like a, whoa, let's go down like a wrestling bump. It sort of had a bit of more realism to it for me. So Andre being knackered sort of added something to the piece for me. I like that. I, I, that's a good shout, that is. There's it's something about the wounded giant. And then like, and, and stuff that we haven't mentioned. Like, so, it's so rich. This whole match is so rich. I mean, like, if you wanted the quality wrestling from WrestleMania 3, you've got Steamboat Savage earlier in the night. Yeah. We'll talk on Savage in a minute. But um, with with that match, it's everything from the entrances as well. Like, like Andre on that little mini replica ring that gets him to the ring. And we know that's there because... Andre is is so knackered, the walk to the ring would have probably finished him off for the night. So, but in doing this, and then WWE always really good at doing this on the whole, is that they're able to accentuate something to if it, to they're able to make somebody seem bigger than they are in the way that something's put together. So Andre coming out on that little mini ring to the ring didn't make you think, oh, he must be bad if he can't. It just looked like, whoa, this guy's like wrestling royalty. Like he's being carried out here. Bobby Heenan's arranged to be carried out here on this this wheelie thing. And Hogan walks out because he's just one of the people. Brother, brother, brother. (laughs) And then that shot on the way back where Andre is just staring back at Hogan doing the poses and Heenan's got his head buried in his hands and stuff's flying at them. Oh, God. Every bit of WrestleMania main event, it is the best. I agree. WrestleMania 4, we have Randy Savage in the main event against Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. And, of course, that tournament final. It's just, watching it back the other day, Tom, it's two men going for a run, but doing some wrestling just so interspersed <laughs> in the midst of that run. There is so much running in this match, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's impressive, because they'd all had very long nights yeah. at this particular... Did you Instantly, when you watched them back, did you watch back just the main event, or did you watch back WrestleMania 4? Just the main event, because if I did watch Good. back WrestleMania 4, I think... I'd still be watching it now there was that many matches i believe it's still going on as we speak um it was it was a long night wrestlemania 4 and it wasn't even a fun night because i i this is the thing right i love the concept of a tournament a one night tournament i love it but seldom are they booked really well and it's difficult to do because you're having to try and get crowds to pop in the same way multiple times for the same person and unless you're putting some twists and tricks and fixes in there it's going to be difficult to do. I think Hogan and Andre crashing out in in their first round match, I thought was a shocker on the night and it made things wide open. I think Savage was the right person to go all the way beat DiBiase in the final. It kind of ties up. DiBiase being in the final kind of ties up the reason why this tournament is happening in the first place because it was DiBiase trying to buy uh, the double double F tag team championships from Andre <laughs> the Giant, uh, which so makes sense that DiBiase is there. He's there because he got a buy in an earlier round as well, whereas Savage has had to fight through every round of this blood, sweat and tears tournament to get where he is. Um, but the match itself, like you say, it's a lot of running around. And it's unfortunately, at the end of this match, we get the Hogan effect. And it's Hogan, who isn't in the main event, but God, he he works his ass off. He wants to, to be in the main event. <laughs> oh, he, he steals the limelight from Savage, or, or tries so hard to steal the limelight from Savage by pretending, oh, look, it's not about me, he says, wearing all yellow. It's not about me. Look at him, brother, brother, brother. Look at me, do my poses. It's, I, I hated that part of it because this is Savage's moment. Hogan wouldn't let it lie. It did bleed into 
a story we're going to talk about shortly. Um, I was going to say, gonna... was that on purpose, Hogan's involvement? Because for me, it completely... I know I'm not a Hulkamaniac and I'm watching mm. this match in 2021 and not at the height of Hulkamania, but watching him get involved, I'm just thinking, Terry, let someone mm. else have a go. It's when the pinfall is happening, the final pinfall, and before the referees even counted one, Hogan's on his bike. He's waiting to get the title because he knows the match is over. Because he's massive and yellow, everyone's thinking, oh, why is he running there? And it just distracts from the pinfall happening inside the ring. Was this done on purpose, do you know? I I would imagine this is how it was. I don't think it was it was designed that he would run and get the belt immediately. Mm. Um, but knowing Hogan, he was just keen to get in the ring. Yeah. So like, let's crack on. Um, in knowing what we know about the relationship between Hogan and Savage, I imagine that this was done to sort of set because it did end up setting the uh, planting the seeds for what would come next year. But this would be a recurring theme with Hogan stealing Savage's spotlight. Like, not just in the WWF, not just in this storyline, uh, but around the world and around in, in multiple wrestling promotions. So I can't help, but there's a percentage of it, which is this is what we're worse is where we're going. But a percentage of it is like Hogan hot dogged and grandstanding brother, brother, brother. Um, the main event itself, like it's it's in ring. It's better than Mania 1's main event. Yeah. It doesn't have the, the, the sparkle that WrestleMania 3's main event had. We're in Trump Plaza for this, which is a, a comparatively smaller venue from last year. And uh, I'm going to put it in lovely, 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 though, for now. I was going to say the, my the, mind. the decision we have to make is how much does the Hogan stuff at the end weigh it down? More, not as much as, not as much as I think. I don't think anyway. Um, and it's also, oh, do I put it in all right? I was going to say maybe the top of all right, just comparatively compared to other matches that we're going to speak about. Yeah. Just because of the, I don't know if it's just me, but, you know, there might be Hulkamaniacs watching this video going, yeah, bloody wrong, but that's what everyone's opinion. Well, they they're can. Like, they're like bumholes, aren't they? Everybody has one. Everybody's got one. Let's put it in top of all right. Top of I'll all take, right. I'll take your bumhole and uh, <laughs> I'll say put it in the top of all right. <laughs> People have said worse. WrestleMania 5, <laughs> Hogan versus Savage, who we were just speaking about there. And I reckon immediately, Tom, this one's getting up there towards the lovely category. Mm. What do you reckon now, about that one? I think this one probably more suitable for lovely, lovely, lovely yeah. than WrestleMania 4. The mega powers explode at WrestleMania 5. The whole build to that was... was it's... God, I love a year-long build in wrestling. We don't get them anymore. I love a year-long build. 2020... One of the highlights in wrestling for me was the Bailey Sasha stuff. Yeah. And the way that that... But even then, I even said, I wanted that to carry on until... And have it paid off in three weeks from now. Like, I... Well, well time of recording. I want it paid off at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, that was what I wanted originally, was to have, have uh, Bailey have the belt all the way up to WrestleMania. Have the Sasha turn happen around sort of January and then have the match at, in, at Mania in March or April. And... Um, we didn't get that. They paid off it too. But I love a year-long build. And this was a year-long build. And it was, and there was something really nice and symmetrical about it because back-to-back, -back, WrestleMania was held at Trump Plaza. So it was the same arena, same setting, same two guys that were last seen at WrestleMania 4. They're back at WrestleMania 5. They've told this story of... And, and it's art-imitating life because the story from Savage's point of view is Hogan keeps trying to steal the spotlight from me. And yeah... Yeah, he is. Uh, I can't be wrong. I think that if this has happened in a modern context, I think the crowd would have turned on Hogan quite dramatically. But um, Savage's heel turn was was still sublime. I think Savage is, or Savage was one of those performers that, as a face and a heel, he's he's excellent. 
as as far as this WrestleMania goes, the, it, this was the the feature attraction for yeah. the show. Wasn't the best. Again, lacked a bit of that special sparkle. Don't know whether it's down to the location or what have you. But I'm going to put it in lovely, lovely, lovely. I feel like it ranks higher than WrestleMania 4's main event. I'd agree with that completely. I just love the macho man, especially in this match. He was just he was being a sleazebag still as a heel, but he was also just saying to Hogan, I can do better and cooler wrestling moves than you, and I'm going to show you that in this match. And I, just, I love that story. I d- the one thing that weighs it down for me is the, the sort of the bit towards the end where macho man does so much offense to Hogan but then Hogan still manages to kick out at a solid two. Not two and three quarters, not two and nine tenths, just a solid two, and he goes on to win. But again, that might just be symptomatic of Hulkamania, which was still running wild at this point in time, wasn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. WrestleMania 6, we go on to now. Hogan versus Warrior, the ultimate challenge, etc., etc. WWF champion against IC champion. What are you thinking about this one? Right, my uh, my bias is going to show here. Um, if... I- People ask me a lot because we do Desert Island Graps here at Cultaholic where I interview wrestlers and ask them what their three favourite wrestling matches are, what three matches they would watch on a desert island. Uh, we, we have done about 70 of these now and they're on the Cultaholic podcast feed. Ding, 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 ding. And a lot of people ask me what mine would be. And I've never actually announced what my three would be, but I'm going to give you one of them. And it's this match, right? Because this is the this is this is my first memory of watching a wrestling show and getting well and truly emotionally invested in it. WrestleMania six. Um, when I was when I was six years old, I'm as old as WrestleMania. Isn't that <laughs> fun? If I ever forget how old I am, I just ask, "What's WrestleMania are you up to?" I'm that old. Yeah. Uh, um, so with this one, like at six years old, I was like many people, like a fully fledged Hulkamaniac. At six years old, in the in the t- the turning of the decades, like La Hulk Hogan was my hero. I cried when he lost the championship. I cried. Uh, my brother, who was an Ultimate Warrior fan, was really, <laughs> really in my face about it, and we nearly came to blows. It was not, not a happy camper. This really made me a believer of wrestling. This really made me a, a fan of wrestling. It was the idea of... And just even before the match started, the idea of these... It was... Something so simple that I think it happens on TV shows quite a lot, or wrestling shows quite a lot. We sort of don't think about it anymore. Two goodies fighting. Noir. It's always the goodie versus the baddie. This was the goodie versus the goodie. And it's like, that's that blows my mind. Like, who do people cheer for? I knew I was cheering for Hogan. And my brother cheered for Warrior, and he was wrong. Uh, but it's that... And it was that made this feel really special. And we're out of Trump Plaza. We are in the Sky Dome. We are in Toronto. And what a difference a venue can make to a setting. Because again, it's flashbulbs. You mentioned them earlier, Ross. Flashbulbs. As Hogan and Warrior are doing that test of strength that in gift form looks quite sus. It's everything about this match. It is the the start of the match where they're shoulder blocking. It's the test of strength that goes back and forth. It's Warrior avoiding the leg drop and hitting that splash and getting the win. It's Warrior holding up both the WWF and the Intercontinental Championships at the end. Um, a lot of people will say that Hogan, being Hogan, desperately tried to steal the limelight at the end of this, doing the thing, holding up Warrior's hand, staying there a bit too long. And yeah, he did a little bit, to be honest with you. But I'm going to let my nostalgia take control here. And I am going to suggest this goes in the best. I thought it was a special moment. 
between two guys. It felt like, at the time, a passing of the torch. It felt like a big thing. And it still feels like a big thing watching it now. I had a really strange sensation come over me when watching this match because you're looking at things like when the referee goes down and Hogan does something as simple as simply pulling Warrior back in the ring and he gets him down for what would have been a three count if the referee was alive. Just by pulling him in the ring, Warrior does a backdrop to Hogan, gets him down for what would have been a three count if the referee wasn't dead. You were speaking about simplicity earlier and even though those were just two basic bitch things that somehow kept these massive sweaty men down for what would have been a three count, I left. My, I just found myself just lost in the in the showmanship of it all. It's just that thing about professional wrestling being a subjective art form. People will hate this match, but I loved it. I don't know what it was. I got like all just sort of like overcome by the occasion watching the match because I'm not the biggest Hulkamaniac. I'm not the biggest Ultimate Warrior fan, but just watching those two lads, it's just it's just symptomatic of the era. I don't know what it was. It's just mm. something special about watching those two going out at, at WrestleMania, doing simple things like test the strength and the the simple moves I've I've spoke about there, and it's just. It, it's 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 magical. It's weird. <laughs> if you ever need citation for why Vince McMahon likes big sweaty men, there is your citation right there in Hogan and Warrior. Yeah, it's it's incredibly uh, just if you if you sitting there calling me and Tom idiots for liking this match, go back and watch it and you will get just overtaken by the occasion of it all and just those two big characters doing what they did in that wrestling ring. It's just it's a weird sensation to go through because I went through it, that's for sure. That's it though. WrestleMania 6 is in the best. WrestleMania 7 though, I think we're going down a step here. We're going for Hogan oh. versus Sergeant Slaughter who by the way can move. I didn't realise how much that man could bump. He does a bump. What I think is it a, a, a shoulder tackle he takes. He takes a bump where he goes arse over tea kettle and his legs end <laughs> up on the top rope while his, his torso is on the mat. It's incredible. Um, he does. It, and this is probably the most Slaughter moves in many of his matches. Like this is, You can tell that Slaughter really went for it in this one because he's typically not, in, in, in this decade, not the, not the fastest of movers. Um, but this match, like, and you're comparing it to the year before where you had the ultimate challenge and it's it's Hogan coming back and it's all this flag waving America America it's there's there's been so much said about the build to WrestleMania 7 and the controversy surrounding it because it was on the night that war was declared in the Gulf you had Sergeant Slaughter like uh, dedicating his WWF championship win to Saddam Hussein and it's so close to the knuckle this caused so many issues with the company. They've moved venues because of... Uh, uh, now, the story is they move venues for WrestleMania because of apparent bomb threat. Yeah. But uh, from what we understand, they just weren't sold into tickets. Um, and that's why they moved it. This match, I don't think, has the the energy of the year before or many of the other years before it. This is... Is it as bad as Bundy and Hogan? No. no. So I might. This might be our first entry into just about bearable for me. I'd agree with that. Um, it's mm. a couple of couple of just. Slaughter was fantastic the way he was just rolling about the ring for ages. It was just wonderful to see him doing that because I've never seen him do that before apart from this matchup. But he, he does it and he does it very, very well indeed. There's just a couple of moments that just sort of take you out the moment. There was a bit where Slaughter goes for a pinfall and Hogan kicks out clearly. But Slaughter goes around the ring going, oh, that was three. That was definitely three. And he just sat there going, no, it's not Sla Sergeant Slaughter. It was clearly a two. There's a bit where Hogan's in a, uh, I think he might be in the camel clutch, I think, at the time. And the rope is literally just here. 
and he can't reach it, even though it's literally next to his head. It's just little moments like that. That's so, so weak, brother. Yeah. He's so weak from the camel clutch. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. I think I've listened to Brucey P on his podcast saying that he, they regret doing the, the storyline. And if they had the, the chance to do it all again, they wouldn't have gone about the way they did. Um, obviously, Hogan ripping the flag. <laughs> Go on, America. Uh, maybe isn't the sort of looking back on it now. Maybe didn't have the same sort of effect. But yeah, I would agree. Sort of, it's a step down from the matches we've just been speaking about there. But certainly mm. a step up from uh, from the Bundy match at WrestleMania too. So I think just about bearable is okay. But again, if you want to go and watch Sergeant Slaughter sell like Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2005, that's the match you need to go and watch. It's maybe not, maybe not quite as that, that as bad, but uh, it's up there. WrestleMania eight, Hogan versus Sid. Has it got to be the bin for the ending? Oh, the ending's hilarious. <laughs> Papa Shango, who was who wasn't ready to do the running. Oh no, I tell you, opposite. He opposite. He went out too soon. <laughs> he went out too soon. I thought too late, wasn't what? he? I think he missed his cue. He was meant. He was meant to to go down and, and break up whatever. But Sid had to kick out with a leg drop, famously, which no one ever did because Hogan and oh. leg drop. Um, and then obviously he got there a bit too late, and then Warrior had to come down for the save after things happen which sort of lost their effect because Shango wasn't there to... to so that was the story, wasn't it? Uh, Shango was going to go down, break it up, cause a DQ, and then Warrior would come down to save Hogan. Basically, yeah. yeah. And Shango was so unprepared for it. Like, he didn't have any of his spooky gear on or anything like that. He just kind of... It, it looked like... If you watch it back, it looks like when you... If you have a, if you have a hamster... And you and you've and you got the hamster in like a box where you've taken to the vet or something, and you put him back in his cage, and you move a little bit of forward motion, get back in his cage, and he lands on the on the sawdust in the cage and looks around a bit confused. That's what Shango looks like as he's walking <laughs> out of the thing, just a bit like, oh, 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 I'll go down then, that's fine. And it's such a long entrance ramp as well; like yeah, they just set themselves <laughs> set themselves up for problems with that one. Um, I think this oh. I feel, and the, the match itself—it's—it's it's fine. It's—it's—it's it's it's what Hogan and Sid would be as a match. It's mm. just the ending really does. It, it, it yeah, <laughs> takes the wind, takes the wind a little bit, and and you just and then Warrior coming back, I thought was cool. Everybody thought it was a different Warrior because he looked slightly different, Ooh. and uh, that was that was a fun little rumor that that Jim Helwig had died and this was a replacement Warrior and all that stuff. So that was fun in the aftermath. Um, just about bearable or in the bin for. For Sid Justice versus Hulk Hogan. I mean, me being the way I am, a bit of an arsehole, seeing Sid kick out with a leg drop when he wasn't supposed to, but he had to because otherwise the match would have just ended and Warrior coming down for the save maybe wouldn't have had the impact it could have had otherwise. Mm. Maybe laugh a little bit, but that's not the story they were trying to tell here. So I'll leave this one up to you. It's certainly one of the bottom two tiers. I'm going to put it in just about bearable. Go I still on. don't think it's as bad or as tedious as uh, as Bundy Hogan. And I think that there is a comedy value with the stuff with Shango and Ultimate Warrior afterwards that I particularly like as well. And do you know what? Fair, fair flipping play. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, YouTube. Phrase the algorithm. Fair play to uh, Sid, who somehow looks exactly the same all the time like in this like this is his his first wrestlemania of quite a few and throughout the decades he always looked the same like yeah. he always maintained that that strong look and that strong persona and uh yeah so i'll give him a nod for that as well Man, he, should, he should have been such he was a big deal anyway but he should have mm. been a much bigger deal 
the true main event of that night should have been Savage versus Flair. And again, Hogan stealing the limelight from Savage because that, that match with Savage and Flair was just sublime and, and had a great finish. The crowd was so, so alive for that match as well and so big for, for Savage's win and that promo afterwards where he says, I just got a little piece, just a little piece of you, Flair. I want the whole package. It's just the best for me. Um, but that knocks this down a bit as well. So just about bearable for Hogan and Sid. And speaking about Hogan stealing the spotlight onto <laughs> WrestleMania 9, we go the match after the match. I hate this. Do you? This is in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was wondering whether you were going to say Brett versus Yoko. And then I was like, no, we're not doing WrestleMania 9 main events. Technically, because of silly buggers, it's Hogan versus Yokozuna. But, oh... What I mean, a let's, mess. Let's speak about the match before the match, if we want. Let's speak about Yoko versus Brian. Well, that was awful I, as well, I, I to be was, fair. I thought it was all right. It wasn't... It was. It's. It is what it is. It's. 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 Bret Hart tried to use his brain to get Yoko off his feet for a long time. It went home about ten minutes early because <laughs> Yoko went. Bret, I'm knackered, <laughs> and they had to go home early because um, Yoko just couldn't carry on. He was just done. It's the best that Bret could do with Yoko. Yeah. Um. And uh, that is what it is. But then. The Hogan stuff is just... And, and when you read about it afterwards, it just... It's ghoulish because it's it's Hogan who just can't let go and is desperate to be at the top and, and, and worked this position where he was like, oh, hey, what I'll do is at King of the Ring, me and, me and Brett will have a match and I'll lose to Brett. It's all good, brother, brother, brother. And Vince is like, yeah, brother, brother, brother. Hogan wins this immediately, almost immediately, buggers off to do stuff in Japan where he does a press conference where he says, oh, this belt's a trinket compared to the <laughs> IWGP <laughs> title. Like, that is the equivalent of of taking your brother's new favourite toy, demanding to play with it, taking it from them, and then just smashing it up. <laughs> <laughs> it is very Ghoulish stu- behaviour. Because you think about the, the, main, the main events we've spoken about so far in this tier ranking malarkey, and this just the two new superstars in the match itself, Yoko and Brett, maybe signifying a brand new era in WWE, mm. but no Hogan has to come back. I think Bruce Pritchard again was speaking about a, a tour or something that meant Hogan would have to be champion for the sake of doing better business and selling more tickets. It was a European tour. Hogan always did well over here. Us Brits love a bit of Hulk Hogan. And Conrad doesn't buy it whatsoever, which is always fantastic listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do a, love them for that. Yeah, a couple of moments just to speak about before the Hogan bollocks, just to try and add a bit of positivity to what was an overriding negative with Hogan getting involved at the end. USA chance for Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> And the original, the original Soul Bear himself, Mr. Fuji, getting involved as well. I love that sort of <laughs> stuff. And Bret Hart as well, getting Yoko sort of tied up in the ropes and leaping over the top and just yeeting Yoko to the next ring. It was just, I thought that was good. But yes, 22 seconds, I think that match lasted for between Yoko and Hogan. Because, of course, Hogan, even in 1993, he must pose to end the pay-per-view, which is just a shame. A load of bollocks. But let's move on to WrestleMania 10, where, once again, maybe this is what they would have done at WrestleMania 9 without <laughs> Hogan getting involved. It was Yoko versus Brett once again. Much of a we much in terms of the match, yeah. We watched this for the Cultaholic Classic Raw review on the podcast feed uh, the other year. And... What's funny? The the ten build up is so funny because Lex Luger is a flipping idiot. Because <laughs> they do this thing where both Hogan, where where no not Hogan, thankfully, where Luger and Brett both go over the top rope at the same time at Rumble '94, and they decide there's going to be a coin flip to determine who faces Yokozuna first mm. at WrestleMania. That's important. 
Who faces Joe Kazuda, the 500-pound, unstoppable sumo champion from the Samoan Islands? Who faces him first? They do a coin flip on Monday Night Raw. Heads, Luger, tails, Brett. It lands on heads. Luger wins the coin flip and he goes, yes, yes. <laughs> what have you won, you dickhead? You're facing him first. You're facing this monster fresh. And you've won this, you say? And then, in the unlikely event that you're able to topple him, which he doesn't, they have a 16-minute stinker, and and Luger loses. Even if you'd won that, you've then got to face Brett and defend it again, you clown! So, <laughs> Brett surely should have been the one that cheered at that point. Because mm. Brett's like, hey, I just, I'll let you two scuffle earlier on in the night, <laughs> and then off we go. Obviously, Brett had the match against Owen at the start of the night. So they told this great story. They bookended WrestleMania 10 beautifully with Owen beating Brett clean as a whistle. Mm -hmm. And then a shorter main event, which I think, again, needed to happen. Yoko's Paggart, he did 16 minutes with Luger for some reason. <laughs> and like that's the match that should have been 30 seconds. Neither of them, neither of them had the ability. Yeah. Like, oh, no, let's, let's get the guy, the technical wrestling guy who could carry this sort of thing. Let's let him go hardly any time with Yoko. I want to watch Lex suffer for a bit. <laughs> Um, so they had a shorter match, but it was it was reasonably good. The finish was a bit crap. I hate the um, finish. Yoko <laughs> just falling off the middle rope. Not a fan yeah. of that whatsoever. I guess that he would be tired after two matches in one night, but still, come on. So the rest but of he's me, he's tired, and then he's falling asleep in the can <laughs> on the canvas. Yeah. I mean, it was so it felt like a fluky win for Brett. And then the big thing at the end where you have Owen on the ramp, and they build up to something really special there, and they and they continue it over the year. Um, in terms of a main event, I'm going to be nice and put this... Actually, I'm going to put this in all right because as much as I've, I've slagged off the whole process, I think Brett got the best possible match he could out of a paggered Yokozuna. And, uh, and it bookended a, a, a really well-told WrestleMania story. Yeah, and a shout-out to Jim Cornette's suit as well. And the off-the-rope, the, the, the off-the-Brett rope, off the Brett rope belly to belly. Brett jumps, Yoko catches him and spins in one motion. That's, that's just about it in terms of, you know, real highlights for the match for me. Mm. It, but it, it, I'd agree. Just the sort of spectacle of it all. And as you say, the story uh, that ran throughout WrestleMania 10, I guess I think it deserves to get going all right as well. But over to WrestleMania 11 we go. Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm going to suggest all right here for this one as well, because this was just better than it ever should have been. Yeah, this, this whole WrestleMania gets a really bad rap. And I've given it a bad rap. We, again, another one that we watched recently for the classic Raw review. And it's not a great card. It's a, it's a weak card. And it's during a time where business is down. And they just, they have, they've, they're lacking that, that ignition fuel. Um, this match going on last was a weird choice. But this was a match that did really well in the local area. And the weird, weird for a global company like WWE to go for what's going to do well in the local area. And I, on the on the watch alone that we did, I, I kind of compared it to what they were doing in in football. Say for example, say for example, they had WrestleMania in Newcastle. <laughs> it's at James's Park, and they decide, okay, the main event it's Bam Bam Bigelow versus Alan Shearer. <laughs> And to to the locals, that makes a lot of sense. To some some more people around the country, yeah, we know who Alan Shearer is. Not a Scooby Doo in America. No. Not a Scooby Doo. In the same way that Lawrence Taylor didn't resonate with us here in the UK. He, some some people will in the comments go, actually, I think you'll find they did. And that might be wrong. But to me, as somebody growing up in the UK, 
the name Lawrence Taylor. I just knew he was an American footballer because the WWF told me. He yeah, was. that's the thing. NFL is. I know it's growing now in popularity in the UK, but NFL still just isn't a thing in the UK for me on a on a sort of mainstream sort of level. No, and I wish, and I, and I hope one day it does because it's nice to see other things thriving. And as you to, to go back to what you said, better than it ever should have been, and you are right. Lawrence Taylor really went for this. He there's a bit at the end of this match where he's being helped to the back, and Justin Henry. Our writer in America informed me that's the shoot, brother, because really? LT threw himself so much into this match, he knackered himself <laughs> <laughs> to the point where he could barely stand. Like he, he, he absolutely went spark out against Bigelow, and he just there was stuff he did that was really impressive for a non wrestler. And I think that we're on the precipice of seeing Bad Bunny competing at WrestleMania this year, and the the celebrity bar for wrestling is is high thanks to guys like Lawrence Taylor for doing what they did. But being that as it may, this still isn't the best. I don't think it's still lovely, lovely, lovely. Even though the local crowd are really into it, we're going to put it in all right. And yeah. that's, you know what, for WrestleMania 11, the hot mess that it was, featuring Ellis LT's all-pro team and the kid from home improvements, that's a compliment. <laughs> I just love the desperation of Lawrence during the match because it was all about his forearms for a long time. He was just throwing those forearms like there was no tomorrow, which, of course, built at the finish, which was a flying forearm, which is more mm. devastating than the rest of them because he was flying. But also just and also, get, getting... played a Bigelow as well. I haven't yeah. given Bigelow enough love because Bigelow really made Lawrence Taylor look like a threat. Getting like, up for and a then... powerbomb as well and, and letting them yeah. do, a, do a bulldog to him and stuff like that. It was, yeah. Well, you say powerbomb. It was something that vaguely resembled... <laughs> It was something that might have been loosely related to a power. It's like a powerbomb you buy on Wish, <laughs> is, is what we had from Lawrence Taylor. But again, not a wrestler. So and Bam Bam's then, massive. <laughs> and Bam Bam's a big boy. And what's funny is, and again, I'm going to keep plugging the Raw review whilst we're in this decade. We're at the point in 95, the one we're watching now, where Bam Bam Bigelow is getting this top babyface push. And it's weird to see. You forget that WWE went, can we make Bam Bam a main event babyface. And they, they're giving it the old college try on the Monday Night Rawls that we're watching on the podcast right now. And, and it stems from this match, which is all right. <laughs> it is all right. Better than it could have been. Better than it should have been, sorry. But still, in the grand scheme of WrestleMania main events, it's all right. WrestleMania 12 we go on to now. Hart versus Michaels. Iron Man match. Probably the most controversial controversial sorry entry in this entire tier ranking thing. Very divisive. Where are you going for this one? Yeah, I, I'm. I've been mulling this one over quite a bit because the the, the thing is, if you're going to introduce a match in which it's the most pinfalls in an hour, at least give us some pinfalls in the hour. Yeah, like that was the bit that that confused me about the way this was done. Like, why announce it? It's like if you like having a steel cage match and just have chain wrestling in the middle. Like you you implement this big extra gimmick. And you don't utilize it to its full. And that was what was really strange about this match. And you could tell that the fans were there to watch something unique, but weren't invested. Because after 35 minutes of, of sort of chain wrestling and the pace kind of getting up to like gear three and then gear two, then gear three, then gear four, then gear three, and then gear... And I get it, they're pacing. They could have thrown some pinfalls in there. And I don't know whether it was a case of the, the a lot of ego in and around that, that stopped Brett from conceding to Michaels and Michaels conceding to Brett and vice versa. I thought the sudden death bit was quite exciting. Yeah. When uh, when Brett was leaving and it was announced that it would now go under sudden death rules and they carry on. That bit really picked it up for me. But where do we put it? 
Because it's not just about bearable. And I don't. And no, it's no, certainly not, not worthy no. of the bin. It's certainly not worthy of the bin. I was going to say, all right, just because it is. Obviously, they're hampered by the fact it's got to be an hour long. Just the basic match has got to be an hour long. Mm. Um, so they've obviously got to pace themselves because they would be knackered otherwise. Anyone would be. Even the. Well, I was about to say, who's the. Mo- they're both impressive athletes anyway. Shut up, Ross. Um, yes, they've got to pace <laughs> themselves. It's just. It is just. If you're a pure wrestling fan, you absolutely love this because it's all about the body parts for a long time. They both work the arms of each other, then they're going for the body parts and whatnot. It's textbook wrestling. Page one of the textbook is Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart here. Just going Would you for say body it was part. liquid wrestling? Not liquid wrestling. Okay. Because it was a bit more, bit more meat and potato than liquid, I would say. Okay. <laughs> but it, it, I don't, yeah, I would say all right. It's just again in terms of... It just... I don't know if this is true, Americans, right? And Americans watching this, I'm sorry if it's not true. But in school, in uh, A-level PE, which I did, by the way, which is a, a shock, I know. I was taught that America invented basketball and the point-scoring system because they saw sports like soccer, football, and they saw how low-scoring it was. And they realized that people got bored not seeing points being scored. So they were like, well, do this end-to-end thing, which scores hundred, well, no, tens of points by both teams, and it'll all be very exciting. So to see that and then to see also America put on this match is a bit of a weird juxtaposition but also could they be related whatsoever probably not but i'm just putting it out there anyway <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with you i'm gonna put it at the top of all right you know I'm there's gonna definitely focus. there's a lot to admire but also there's a lot that draws mm. it back but again that's just the way the match i guess has to be because it's an hour long to begin there with. always has to be a first so and uh, they i'm sure if they had their time again they would be able to uh, uh check a couple of things at the door and uh Maybe give us something slightly different. I can't wait. Great entrance by Shawn Michaels. We haven't even mentioned the entrance. Oh, God. He's descending from above on that zip line. That looked cool. Vince had a go earlier in the day. That's how that Vince tested it by coming down on the zip wire. Vince loves doing stuff like that. He does, he? doesn't he? I still that that video of last year's WrestleMania where he's just making Gronk look like a bit of a a bit of a softy <laughs> by just going, yeah, just just jump over that. It's fine. Just fall backwards. It's fine. And he just goes, no, I'm a bit scared, man. Vince, but Vince, well, I'll do it, damn it. And then he goes off and flies down. Absolutely fantastic scenes from Vince McMahon, who in Good this lad. era. He got on a different level of excitement when Shawn Michaels was doing his entrance. I think it was the Survivor Series one. Um, Survivor Series 96 and he starts speaking French he gets that excited Vince McMahon just watching <laughs> Shawn Michaels come down the ring <laughs> he starts speaking in colours Vince, Vince's commentary gets more excitable when business is down that's what I've learned watching old episodes of Raw. Yeah. Like, and, and he'll he will because he will shout so much about like this is the biggest main event we've ever seen. He's the greatest champion of all time. He's an American leader because he's he's selling. He's in sell mode. He, he know like he deep down knows that the spark isn't there, but he he's desperately trying to light a very old furnace, and. Uh, and then as soon as things start sort of progressing, he seems to quieten down. He, and he was Shawn Michaels. He was nervous about Shawn Michaels for a long while because, like a smaller guy, is this going to work? But then it became a point where it became undeniable. Yeah. Like, Shawn Michaels is the guy. So there's excitement there. He's ramped up for Shawn uh, in this bit and, and will be for the rest of the year. On to WrestleMania 13 we go. It was overshadowed by all kinds of things like Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. You might have seen that wrestling match before with the blood on the teeth and, and Stone Cold going, ah, while he's in a submission hold and all that stuff. Shawn Michaels as well doing his best to distract from everything happening inside the ring. What are you seeing for Undertaker versus Sid? Oh, I think this is this is back in just about bearable for our boy Sid Udi. Yeah. He's back in just about bearable. This is 
this WrestleMania went through all sorts of nonsense because this was we were meant to see Brett Sean too. That's where we were going. Sean was going to return the favour, as the story goes, and then lost his smile, but found it in time to do commentary for WrestleMania. So that's good. Uh, Brett livid both in art and in life with this whole situation. That and, promo uh, is weird, isn't it? Mm. He buries everything, calls Sid a weak champion, had a go at Sean on commentary. He was, by the way, he was distracted from the action inside the ring. And then he, the bit I love most of all was him moaning about losing his friendship with The Undertaker. Who, like, the dead you know. zombie isn't my friend anymore. <laughs> Backstage, maybe, but, you know, in terms of on screen, where did that good pals? Because I don't know if they were in storyline. No, they never, they, they, no more than any other wrestler is mates with a main eventer like The Undertaker. Like, they, they were like a solid team, which, which made the comment even weirder. Like, yeah. there's, there, there's a mutual, there's a mutual respect between the two. But there's, there was never like, Pally pally friendship. They're not going to watch the game together, are they, on a Sunday no! afternoon? Undertaker sitting on his couch. Hey there, Brett, fancy coming over for the game? Why, I, Bonnie lad, I'll bring the Brett's not texting Undertaker going, I'm popping to Asda. Do you need any milk? <laughs> like, that's not happening. Weird thing to say. And then the match happened, and there is. Now, there is the, the speculation, and I've not watched this match in prep for this. Is this where Sid <laughs> drops one in his trousers? Really? I right. Okay, I'm gonna have to Google this while we are live. While <laughs> I'm doing sure. that, I'll just I'll fill the time by saying that the finish of the match is also a bit confusing because it's Brett helping Undertaker to win, even though we've just seen the double turn with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's another point that brings this match down, in my opinion, <laughs> as Tom tries to find the answer as to whether Sid right. pooped his pants in the WrestleMania Fol- main event. It's folklore, never been confirmed, <laughs> but there was there it was it was a hot wrestling uh, old wives' tale that Sid Vicious during that match did a little poo in his trousers. And uh, again, not being confirmed. If he did do it, Tom, he hit it very well. He really did. Like, I think I'm never I'm never going to be a full-time wrestler. I've wrestled once. I've got a 100% win-loss record, and I'm fine with that. But I'd be terrified to do it full-time, for no, and, and for a number of stupid reasons. Like, what if I need the toilet in the middle of the match? <laughs> What do I do? I can't. Because then I'm taking bumps. I'm, how am I going to? Like, my brain does that. And I think if, if that's on my mind, I I am pulling out any Dave Meltzer five stars. So I'll let everyone else do it. But this this match itself, while there wasn't any literal, there was some metaphorical. So just about bearable, I think, is where it belongs. Yeah. One highlight of the match for me was Sid's reversal of a tombstone into his own sort of tombstone thing. It looked amazing because Taker is obviously a very tall man. So the room he has to sort of spike himself down isn't as big as other people. So it looked like it actually decapitated him. It was fantastic Mm -hmm. to see. But I would agree. Just everything else going on around the match distracted what was going on inside the ring. So I reckon bearable is right there for WrestleMania 13. WrestleMania 14 we go on to now, which of course is the birth of the Austin era. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels, who was willing to do business this time as Undertaker famously, apparently, allegedly, sat backstage taping his fists just in case he didn't. This was, um, again, an interesting passing of the torch show. For the, for... This was the beginning of the Attitude Era. So very much like this, this has the same sort of energy as the first WrestleMania. Because this is where the company is drawing a line and starting a new a new chapter in the book. 
and it feels like it but there's an edge to this wrestlemania the dx band are doing the theme song sure michael's them... entrance is a it's one of my favorite wrestlemania entrances just the mood oh, yeah. i know he's, he's there dressed like the sexy boy sean michael so it's a bit weird of a juxtaposition between that sort of flamboyance and him just looking like he's pissed off and ready for a fight but just the energy that's created by that entrance i know the the, the, the national anthem didn't go down too well at the start of the night famously it's on youtube if you want to hear it it's like <laughs> you ever heard it before? Oh, say, can you see? Yeah. Like, don't tell lies! <laughs> what are you doing, I'm lads? I'm an American man, but I've got to be patriotic, so let's sing the national anthem. It's that sort of vibe. It's weird. But that Jim Edmund, Johnston on guitar, by yes, the way. Yes, he was. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you, is that the real Jim Johnston, by the way, on Twitter that you well, follow? Well, there's only one. I know, but like, is it the real one? He's only got about 800 followers. I think you and Justin follow him. So I saw that, and I was like, oh, I'll follow him too. Is it I the real probably... guy? Well, I shall, I'll send him a message, see if he wants to do Desert Island. I was gonna, we'll I was see gonna, if we'll get him on. I didn't want to send him a message just in case it's, it's not the real guy and there's just some wind-up merchant going, uh uh-huh, he's invited me on straight to hell and I'm not the real guy. <laughs> what, a, what a weird, what a weird long, go, long con. <laughs> I'm going to pretend to be WWF's music director from the 90s, <laughs> the 80s and the 90s. Well, That'll to... show him. I'll show you, Dad! <laughs> I'll be something someday. <laughs> I'll make, I'll make it a day. Um, yeah, the music. Yeah, that was uh, a, a, an appalling. But the entrance, like you say, it's the mood. There is this aggression in the air, and Steve Austin is just everything that Hogan's not, but yeah. everything Hogan desperately wants to be. Just, just utter love for Hogan, and the the throughout this match as well, we know that Sean's working really badly. You can really, hurt. you can really tell. There's a, there's a point where I think he does a snapmare, a basic move onto Austin, and he just winces. Like, you know, like, in doing it, it's pulled something in his back, and he's wincing, and he shakes it off and carries on. Like, he is knackered here. Yeah. He's in a really bad way. And um, considering that, they pull out a really, really good match. That was the thing. It tells a great story. It doesn't hamper anything whatsoever, and it's just got all the tropes of a proper attitude here main event. Very little, I suppose, say very little time spent in the ring. A long time spent away from the ring is probably a more fitting way to put it. To go up the up the entrance mm. ramp, they're fighting where the DX band were playing. Just proper attitude era main event stuff. A lot of silly bollocks, a lot of disregarding for the rules and all that sort of stuff. But just in the name of a good old fashioned fight. And then, mm. of course, Mike Tyson getting involved in the end, dropping Shawn Michaels, turning on DX to align himself with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Good stuff. So where are we best. going for this one? Best. It's got to be the best. It's got to be the best. Iconic again, isn't it? And again, even and, and everything about it, like it's it's not in a big stadium like some of our more featured best matches have been. It's not. It's in an arena. WWF are still are still on the whole reeling from some big financial woes. I think everyone just assumes that WrestleMania 14 rolled around and everything was hunky dory. No, it's still it was still touch and go even at this point, which is why like they're still not back in the in the big stadiums for WrestleMania. This still very much feels like a, a smaller offering because we're still on the way out. Of the of of the dark times, the new generation era, and everything about it, the commentary especially, like Jr. and Jerry Lawler, just on their absolute A game. Tyson, Tyson, Tyson. Like there's some iconic bits in there. The way that Jim Ross runs down Shawn Michaels' like match, like title history as he's getting into the ring. And and then you cut to Steve Austin walking towards the ring. Oh my God! Yeah, like so much about this is, is is to this day still feels big. So definitely the best for this. It's too squeaky clean these days, isn't it? That's that yeah. was my overriding emotion. Just thinking about what you were speaking about there. Just that raw sort of 
Are we going to have a... F- yeah, yeah, the Raw Rawness of Raw. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to have a fight here, and here's all the accolades and stuff. It's just... It's a weird thing to have a go at WWE at, really, but be less polished. Just Yeah, it's... Uh, unfortunately, like this, at this point in wrestling, in, in, in WrestleMania 14 time, it feels like Wayne's World, right? Nowadays, it feels like when Wayne's World was bought by Noah's Arcade. <laughs> It's that kind of t- that, that, hey we're 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 off the chain, but we're bought by a major company. And we're quite squeaky clean and controlled. Like WWE today tries very hard to to still have that that rebel feel, that that rebel the rebellious streak to it, but it's not there anymore. It's not because it's not that kind of company, and. Which makes which is difficult because Monday Night Raw live, the whole premise of it being live is like, hey, anything can happen, but nothing really does. It's the same thing every <laughs> and, week, isn't it? <laughs> but hey, we will talk about modern WrestleManias in a little bit. We Let's will, stay yeah. in the attitude here. This is the best. This is best. This is earthy. It's gritty. It's determined. It's the start of a new thing. It's the start of a really exciting new era. It's an era that brings wrestling out of the doldrums. This and and a lot of it is down to this match and this win and this moment. And the height of that era, I guess, a lot of people say is the, the the year of 1999, all sorts of record business was done. If you hear Bruce Pritchard and all that stuff and Jim Ross as well, they all speak about the record numbers that were done in 1999. WrestleMania 15 also took place in 1999. And the main mm-hmm. event of that event was The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, the first of the big trilogy. I'm going lovely straight off the bat. What are you saying? Okay, um... I'm, I was torn between either the top of lovely, lovely, lovely or the bottom of the best for this one because, again, it's that that rebel nature and it's the rock at the height of his heelness. He is he is untouchable at this point and he's own and like this isn't even his final form mm. and he is one of the biggest stars on the planet at least it feels that way and he's such a juxtaposition to Steve Austin. The return of Steve Austin was whilst a tiny, 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 tiny bit overbooked, was still great to see, like this push back to the main event for Steve Austin. And The Rock and Austin, it's a great rivalry because they fought through the ranks. They were, in 97, they were fighting over the Intercontinental title. And there's something special about seeing them now, both at the top of the tree, fighting for the big belt. Funny story behind that, Steve Austin gets really annoyed watching this match back. Uh, I, I remember on the DVD I had for this show and they had director's commentary from Steve Austin and he was annoyed that he'd left because he'd left his waistcoat at home when he came to the event. Right. So he had to put a Stone Cold T-shirt on to go out in instead <laughs> and, it, and it always annoys him when he watches it. Cause, and I'm like, yeah, mate, I get it. I get it. <laughs> it's like the, the look isn't quite complete. Yeah. But why would you... What makes you think that... What makes you think... No. Why do you think that this is just a cut under the best? I'm intrigued to know. Is it the interferences? That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Mm. It's just that sort of blinkers things a little bit. And I think if... While it, obviously it's it's very symptomatic of the Attitude Era once again, the brawling up the ramp and the Rock getting thrown into the WrestleMania sign and all that stuff. Mike Kyoto, shout out to Mike Kyoto by the way, who got a chair, shot, a, a brutal chair shot to the head <laughs> in the midst of that. But I don't know if it's just me and interferences because both Vince McMahon and, and it's Foley, isn't it, who both get involved uh, mm-hmm. towards the latter stage of the match. Is that needed in the WrestleMania main event? That's always my thing. It's quite over-egged. Yeah. The pudding's quite over-egged. I, yeah, I, I get that. I hadn't really thought about that 
before it is uh, but i guess because the story i guess they wanted to put vince out there because the story really Corporate, whilst the story yeah. is austin and rock the story is austin mcmahon yeah like that's the that's if they could have had mcmahon going to wrestlemania as the champion had austin beat him they probably would mm-hmm. um but they didn't so they didn't but they had to get him out there in some way to react to like the 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 worst possible thing happening of austin becoming the champ again I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to be the better obscure company. I say we pop that in lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, I think they'll they, I think they'll have better matches to come. Yeah, definitely. It's One well, in particular. Yeah. <laughs> comparatively to other matches as well, I think it's a step down. Mm-hmm. To add to your point, as they say on the kickoff shows, as we've made a thing on our podcast recently, to your point, switching gears now, we go to WrestleMania 16, which of course was the big show, Triple H, The Rock, and Mick Foley, and not Chris Jericho. What a shame for Chris Jericho, eh? Mm. Four McMahons, one in each corner. Oh, dysfunctional mania. How could they ever get along? Oh, now this was the the original plan here, and I, and I've and I like doing the research on stuff like this because the original plan here was in an ideal world they wanted to do uh, Triple H, no, um, yeah, Triple H versus Austin, but obviously Austin got injured, that never happened. Their backup then was Triple H versus The Rock, and they decided well, actually let's let's hold fire on that. If they, I think if the main event had been Triple H, I think they were nervous. Because this was going to be a WrestleMania without Steve Austin. Yeah. So this to them, there was this anxiety about going into the year 2000 because the biggest star, the star that had catapulted them into this, this new land of prosperity was nowhere to be found. And they were very nervous about putting a, a singles match on last that didn't involve Austin. So this compromise was reached where it's, it's four and it's McMahonomania. Because the McMahons, whether you like them or not, seem to always be a draw with wrestling fans. Like whenever Vince is popping up on Raw, there's a little boop in the in the ratings. Whether you like it or not, that's just how it is. So I guess by oversaturating that main event, they were hopefully compensating. When really, in hindsight, which is 2020, you could have stripped that right back. And I think there was a compelling enough story to see Rock and Triple H one-on-one. And I think it would have been a better main event. But... It's not what we got. We got this pretty overbooked hot mess instead. And I'm going to say just about bearable. I was going to agree with you there. Just about bearable. Mm. Especially because, you know, you have the game, Triple H, breaking up pinfalls in an elimination four-way match. Come on, think about it now, Mm. Bonnie lad. Um, This is the first time, of course, that a heel walked out with a WrestleMania main event with a win, which is a brave decision. I remember being shocked to the core by that as a wrestling <laughs> fan watching that live. I watched WrestleMania going, this is the night The Rock becomes the champ and I'm ready for it. I remember just horrified that The Rock didn't win. They sent them home happy by having The Rock beat up Stephanie at the very end of the yeah. match. I always remember The Rock doing the people's elbow on Stephanie and bombing it across the ring at one point. The second bounce off the ring, I remember he sprints like a million miles an hour for whatever reason. Watch it back. If for some reason, he's much quicker. I don't know why. I don't know why that stays with me. But yeah, first time a, a baddie left with the belt. And it doesn't help it. This is still just about bearable. Yeah, the match itself was fine. Uh, Bull Buchanan still WrestleMania 2000. I what you say. <laughs> In that opening match, he was fantastic. But other highlights from the match, they got the pile driver on the steps from Triple H to The Rock was a, a note I've made there. And Shane and Vince fighting will never not be funny. 
It will always be funny to watch those two bickering, especially then. And then it turns out it was a setup all along. Hooray! Hooray! Vince turned on the rock, and it was a an elaborate long con by the McMahons and Triple H and all that. And oh. God. Not the first time we saw one of them, was it? But uh, and it won't be the last, mate. Hey, <laughs> WrestleMania 17. We move on to. I'm just going to go straight to the top. Anything you want to say about WrestleMania 17? Best, best end of an era. Draws a line under WWF's most profitable, most commercially successful era. And actually, it, I tell a lie. Talking out my Batuma. Right now, we are currently in their most profitable yeah. era. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? You don't deserve it. <laughs> um, but this was a this was a period in time that this this felt like a, a, a chapter closing, with uh, Aust- and but the match, the match, the match, the match, the match. Oh my god! It is, it is in Just Houston, drama, Texas. Isn't it? Just it's, drama. Yeah, it's in Houston. It's Steve Austin's neck of the woods, and they are wild for Austin. The Rock might as well be public enemy number one. They hate The Rock here. It was meant to be goody versus goody. Of course they were going to boo The Rock and cheer Austin. And it was just a wild match. And it's the subtlety about this match that I think people fall in love with, especially me, where as the match wears on, as almost every minute ticks by, you see Austin become more and more desperate. Like you see like the cogs going in his head because he can't beat the rock and you see him get frustrated after every kick out and more so each and every time to the point where Vince McMahon comes out to end up offering his assistance and Austin, who just can't put this guy away, is going to take it. And he does. And the unthinkable happens. And that finish, do you know what? This match is so good and this event is so good that even a finish like that, which made everyone go, ah, like you're doing it in Texas, like Austin's home like home state and no why we love him why did you why do this here it was a weird feeling at the end to turn austin heel in texas the night that he headlined wrestlemania like the the journey back for austin to end it like that was a bit strange but it doesn't undo how great this match was and that's how great this match was it doesn't undo it. It's still one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. And you speak about the subtlety. Stone Cold told us he was going to do something like this all along because he kept mm. saying, I will do anything to win the World Heavyweight title or the WWF title. And he did just that by aligning with the devil himself. Do you agree with Stone Cold? I remember famously on his podcast years ago now, right at the start, when the podcast was still a thing. Where's it gone, Steve? Where's the Steve Austin show gone? Um, he said he would have liked to have done a stunner to Vince McMahon after the turn and after the handshake just to keep that baby face edge do you think that was necessary or not no i think that it would be a confusing mess to do that <laughs> i think sorry steve i know you know yourself but um i know i i think that would confuse things even more yeah. like why would you tur- why would you side with vince mcmahon have him help you win and then stunner him because it's just it's just a, an unnecessary especially when you're especially when this big heel run is forthcoming you know why why do that that that's Steve, mate, come on. Heel like, Stone Cold's the best Stone Cold for me as well. It's my, my favourite Stone Cold, I should say. When he gets into the groove of being heel Stone Cold, like, he's he's so good at it. I think it rejuvenated him. I think it gave him a little bit of a new lease on life uh, as a heel. I think the, the, the sort of non-badly-segged uh, um, face turn again really didn't help. No. But I think that 
yeah, the heel turn, I think, once we warmed to it, I thought was very, very good. Yeah, him and Kurt Angle were fantastic in that era. Oh, but now moving magic. on to WrestleMania 18, Jericho versus Triple H. Feel so sorry for them. They should have known mm. before the match was going to happen that Hogan versus Rock should have been in that main event. We all know how fantastic that match was and how it's, it was one of my three on Desert Island grabs way back in the day, Tom. Just show mm. any non-wrestling fan that is, that they'll become a wrestling fan. You can't not get captivated by that crowd. But that crowd was certainly tired out after that massive screaming fest for 15 or 20 minutes. Out come Jericho and Triple H. And the, the build was a mess, in my opinion, as well. Cause it, was, it was more about Triple H and Steph and the dog. <laughs> and then we get to the... It's just so weird, is it? Because Jericho was the first ever undisputed champion. This was the first time the undisputed championship was being defended in the main event of WrestleMania. And it was just so many factors going against it. And it just it became underwhelming, didn't it? Know what I said about uh, WrestleMania 15? I repeat it here. If they could have got away with putting the undisputed championship on Stephanie McMahon, <laughs> they would have had Steph versus Triple H, and that would have been a, a more logical main event than what they did. This, this was they, they, this was flawed. This was doomed from Vengeance 2001. This was doomed. Like Jericho, really just fell into this role as undisputed champion like i've never experienced a champion become the top guy with with such bad momentum like literally scrape like I, I mean as a heel he's got that forever i beat austin and the rock on the same yeah. night like that's a great start for things and it's following that that he becomes an afterthought in this triple h and steph storyline like when you when you're picking up dog poo and you undisputed champion, something's gone a bit wrong. Um, Jericho and Triple H, there's there's forever been a bit of a love hate thing behind the scenes between them. Like Triple H, you know, if you watch watching SmackDown from like '99 and 2000, which Matthew Greg and I are doing on the Cultaholic Classic SmackDown review, get all the plugs in today. Um, you can there's Triple H loves a little dig towards Chris Jericho, and there's been incidences where Jericho's been called to Vince McMahon's office for not doing something right, for for botching a move or whatever, and you just think this is because Triple H doesn't like you for whatever reason. He's not a fan, and they this this did them no favors. I think it was, I think it was borderline arrogance to assume that you can go on last, regardless of this hogwash that the world title must go on last. The world title must go on no. The, the feature match must go on last. And if it's not the world title match, then, oh, dear, what a pity. Never mind. Like, if I think, right, wild thinking here. And they, do you know what? They do this in modern WrestleManias. And I actually like that they do it, right? You're not going to put Jericho, Triple H on last. Okay, put him on first. Yeah. Put him on first. Have the first match of the night be Triple H beating Chris Jericho, becoming undisputed champion. That's the first match of the night. Whoa, what else is going to happen? You headline Rock and Hogan. You bookend the night like that. You may disagree, and that's fine. But they do it a lot of modern WrestleManias. And whilst whilst the, the, the purist in you sees it as, no, 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 title must be last, when you break it down, it's like, no, like have the match that people want to see the most go on last. And there's, there's two key positions at a WrestleMania card. There's the first match and the last match. And if you're not going to be the last match, you should be the first match. And rather than getting lost in the middle. I think they should have done that. I think had they done that, I think that match would be remembered far more fondly than it actually is. But as it happens, I'm actually going to put it in the bin. 
I think that I it was, was agree, and, and yeah. away from like the build, like Triple H had come back from injury in January and was more muscle than human. Like he was the big, <laughs> he walked around like he was wading in toffee. Like when and he wrestled like that as well, like he was just too muscly. And Chris Jericho just did, it looked, it was just a weird juxtaposition between the two. And the match just, they, they will, they, they've had better matches. They had great matches. They had a great match in 2000. If you want a good Triple H Jericho match, uh, Last Man Standing from Fully Loaded 2000. There you go. You're welcome. But not this. I'm putting this in the bin for many reasons. Yeah, just in case you're wondering if there were any highlights from this one, you screwed Brett Chance towards Earl Hebner and Triple H, of course, who were involved with that Montreal screw job, kind of, a little bit. And then we had the announced table spots. Um, chairs were involved as well, and Triple H obviously landed a pedigree on his lovely wife, Stephanie. But apart from that, I guess the other highlight would be the, the animation used in SmackDown Here Comes the Pain and the, uh, the SmackDown versus Raw games. The animation of, tri- uh, sorry, of Jericho taking the pedigree that was used in the game somehow. Yeah, the kicking a bit, the, of, a bit of mocap. It's yeah, good. The kicking and the flailing, that's the best thing that came from that matchup there. But yeah, the build from the build to the match itself, the place on the card, just a complete mess from top to bottom, in my opinion. So the bin is very much worthy there. Uh, WrestleMania 19 we go on to now. Angle versus Ooh. Brock. I think it was the first time that two WrestleMania main eventers had their real names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that matters there, but there we go. Um, I think I think it is. You're right. <laughs> Are you telling me Mr. T's real name is not Mr. T? Maybe, maybe not. I've got no idea. Um, Michael T. I love the, um, the the sort of way this match developed because obviously with Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle involved, you're always going to get flavours of amateur grappling in there. And that's how this one started off there. And then it just sort of built to a crescendo of all kinds of sports entertainment bollocks. And then the botch. Well, you call it a botch. You, you know, Damn near decapitated himself. Brock Lesnar going for a shooting star press. A movie hit so many times in developmental as we've seen in those lovely video packages in that weird little room where they had OVW. And he goes to do it on the grandest stage of them all and he does a massive mess. And somehow he recovers to hit an F5 and take the match home. He's an incredible specimen, isn't he? <laughs> he really, really is. Normally I can remember where I was when I watched a WrestleMania. But for this one, I can remember how I watched a WrestleMania. And it was like this. <laughs> Because Kurt Angle was a physical wreck going into this WrestleMania. Have you like listened to the was... Kurt Angle show that he did recently with Conrad? He speaks about this mm. match and how just how knackered he was and how he, he broke his neck and he shouldn't have been wrestling, but he promised Vince McMahon he would get through the match and then go away. And, oh, just it's a, a horrible tale to, to sit there and listen to. Like with Orndorff waiting in the wings for Andre at WrestleMania 3, they had Chris Benoit on standby because they genuinely weren't sure if Angle was going to make it all the way to WrestleMania 3. Uh, WrestleMania 19, rather. He didn't make it to WrestleMania 3. I don't think he was <laughs> born then. But um, he... Um, this and it was a tense watch this match was quite a comfortable watch but now watching it live at least because you know that angle is very broken going into it because by this point as a wrestling fan i'm 19 years old i've discovered the internet and girls to an extent but mainly the internet and wrestling and 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 you learn about the stuff that goes on behind the scenes of wrestling so as a as a clued up wrestling fan i knew that oh angles uh angles really injured and he's going for surgery after this and you and and all in the gosh in the weeks running up to it, every SmackDown they kind of teased that they were going to do an angle where where Angle dropped the belt, like they had they had the title match on an episode of SmackDown like the week before WrestleMania, and like they said this week Angle is going to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship tonight. Like what they're doing it tonight, like <clears throat> on SmackDown. That was wonderful he, what they did though with he, Angle's brother. He, oh, oh, so good because watching it. 
uh, without the knowledge of, of behind the scenes at wrestling, you just thought, oh, that was a fun moment. But watching with the knowledge of wrestling, with that stuff, you're like, God, he must be knackered. They're having the match tonight. He hasn't got a move in. They've done the finish. He's away. And then when you realize, oh, it's all jiggery pokery. See you at WrestleMania. See you at the stadium. And uh, they, they had the match. But knowing that he was injured was really uncomfortable. And it's the fact that Angle, we were so busy worrying about Angle. There's Brock <laughs> coming off the top. Like, crumple physics be damned. Hitting the ground. That man's neck. Just, they should study that and build rocket ships from it. Because that man's neck withstood so much. That anybody else would have died. Yeah. And that's not hyperbolic. Anyone else would have died. But Brock is such a specimen, like you said. That he not only didn't die but managed just to the wherewithal to get through the final spot of the match and 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 somehow hold up a title very briefly. Um, it feels cruel to not put it in the best, but it's not the best, but it's still great. Like, it's still two great athletes in the main event, and it really feels like this is a special WrestleMania because it's two guys who've never headlined WrestleMania before. And 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 they do they've done it on the merits of the work they've done on on SmackDown and I want to put it at the top of love or near the top of lovely 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 I think yeah it's it's definitely it's it's a solid lovely 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 would it be in the mm. best if Brock landed that finisher probably I think it might have I think it still might have been yeah I think it, had he had he actually nailed that shooting star and they'd gone home properly maybe it would have pushed it up to the best I don't know maybe if Angle wasn't so knacker going into it. It might have been even, but even even Nakadi was still brilliant. That's the thing you can't tell, can you? But whereas no, you watch WrestleMania 14 back with the knowledge that Shawn Michaels' back was completely done. You then realise that he's wincing when he's doing certain moves that sees his back going like a bit of a contortion here, there, and everywhere. But then Kurt Angle during that match, you just can't tell that he's got any of these issues no. going on behind the scenes. It's amazing to see. Machine, an absolute machine. WrestleMania 20, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Benoit up there in it. Or as it says on the network, Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a championship match. <laughs> um, this, uh, I watched this one and it feels really weird. Yeah, it does, yeah. It feels really weird. I still get that now when I'm watching shows back on the network and Benoit's music hits. I still, that immediate feeling of like, oh, it's that guy. Mm. And then he starts wrestling, you start to forget about it, but then you realise, oh, it's still that guy. It's a really still weird thing guy. to watch, isn't it, Benoit matches these days? Mm, it really is. There's, um, on the day we record this, stories come out about WWE Network's migration to Peacock and how some of the episodes they're uploading of, of Raw and stuff are quite heavily edited. I wonder how far they will go with that at time of recording. That's like, do they write Benoit completely out of WWE history? They've got their own sort of code of, uh, I don't want to say code of content, their, their own standards and practices and whatnot. And I guess Benoit, all of his, you know, he, his matches still stand up today, and we all know how fantastic he was a wrestler, but that last weekend of his life, it just makes you wonder, doesn't it, if there are mm. standards and practices and whatnot, if it actually will make it, because, yeah, it's a weird, it's so weird. Anyway, the match itself, just mm, seamless wrestling. Um, Benoit pulling Triple H out, out after a super kick, and then Michaels uh, stopping, uh, sorry, Triple H stopping Shawn Michaels tapping out. Just three wrestlers, really good wrestlers doing, this is liquid wrestling, Tom. It is. This is liquid wrestling. Both this in terms is liquid of, wrestling. Both in terms of them doing seamless transitions with all three members involved at the same time, and in terms of blood, that another viscous liquid um, <laughs> that just covers the ring and Triple H's head. 
And the, the finish with, with uh, Triple H tapping out to Benoit's crossface. Yeah. Felt like, a, a, at the time, felt like a big watershed moment. Yeah. And then, and then of course, oh, God, rips my heart out even thinking about it. Benoit and Eddie yeah. at the end, holding up their title belts. Oh, God, it's... It's a it's a moment that you catch yourself appreciating because there's part of you that goes, oh, I don't even know if I want to. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Like this, this, it sounds over the top, but this hurts too much to talk about this one. Like I, of all the ones that we were going to talk about today, Ross, I think this is the one I was the most anxious to talk about. Not in a good way, but in like this, this hurts to talk about because it is a, it is a great match. It is a great match, but one of those people in this match turned out to be an awful monster. And it kind of stops me putting it in the best. It, 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 yeah. It really does. I don't know what it we really do with this does. one because if you're just watching, if you watch, if you're a wrestling fan who somehow doesn't know about the last weekend of Chris Benoit's life, this is in the best for sure. But again, mm. it's that thing when you're watching the match and you're thinking about that. I don't know if we. we oh, it's a really hard. Do you know what? Do you know what I'm gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna. Right. Um, if if we don't like this decision, uh, it's on me. Let's not rank it. Yeah. Take it out of the ranking. Why not? We've, we've talked about it. We're we've gonna, I think it. we're going to upset people either way, aren't we? Just... I'm taking it out of the ranking. And, and, and say what you will. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going to be the better obscure company. I'm going to say take it out of the ranking. So fun... Has anything come, out of the, has anything come out of the ranking before? Is this no, a first? this is a first, I think. Oh, 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 geez. Well, there you go. We've acknowledged. And hopefully, the reasons why I would say that are clear. And... Yeah, I say take it out of the ranking. This hurts a bit, you know? Yeah. 21, Triple H and Batista. There we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> do, 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 do. Absolutely okay, so. loved the build to this matchup, Tom, how they held off just, just for the right amount of time. You were thinking they've held off too long here, but no, 
when the thumbs went down, it was just, yeah, they've done the right thing here, wasn't it? They absolutely, this was spot on. But again, this is not what it was supposed to be. Like, there was, they wanted to have this Triple H Randy Orton thing at Mania, and they pulled the trigger far too soon on Randall Randall Keith. And then we had this sort of gray area with him for a while where he lost his way quite a bit. He would find it, and he'd be all right. But I seem to remember there was an episode of Raw, I think in Japan, that they did, where they they teased this little bit of dissension very early on, and people bit on it. At least online, especially, they bit on it. And they went, oh, yeah, yeah. And then people started to rally behind Dave. Then we have the, 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 the now infamous contract bit, the SmackDown contract, the Raw contract. Triple H and Ric Flair doing this as Dave throws the SmackDown, as, as Dave throws the Raw contract down, holds up the SmackDown one, like we're going to, Evolution going to run both brands. And Dave goes, thumbs up. His face drops akin to what he, what Trips did to Randy Orton at SummerSlam after SummerSlam last year. Thumbs down. Dave bombs all round. Away we go. And this was a great match, a stunning match between these two. I love they the early really parts. They really went for it. The early parts were proper throwback to WrestleMania 6, I thought, with just two massive men doing tough man things like lockups and tests of strength and other, oh, I'm more manly than you. Let's do some muscular things. <laughs> this is what it was. And <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a great opponent for, for Triple H, was Dave. And, and Triple H gave him the, 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 the best possible rub in that match. Like really, Which put he didn't over... always do at this point in time, did he? No, he was he was very choosy. Oh God, the the the, the aforementioned reign of terror that, that Jen has very kindly tried to see the best of on this here channel. Um, it was tough because you saw all these great people just get <laughs> slaughtered by Triple H. But with Dave Batista, you had the idea that, like, even if Triple H wanted to to try and shut this guy down. I don't think Big Dave's going to handle it, you know. I don't think Big Dave. I think Big Dave can look after himself. I think if <laughs> if Triple H tries to bury him in some way, I think I think Batista's going to go. Um, no, you don't. Yeah. But this was it was great. A star was made here, and they would have better matches. They would. I think their Hell in a Cell one, I think, was the absolute peak mm. of their powers of opposing one another. Do we put this in the best? It's up there. Is it love? Is it the top of lovely or is it on the best? I would mm. maybe say top of lovely. I don't know what's making top. me say that though, Tom. If you're going to ask I, me to my... show my work in like a GCSE exam, I couldn't do it for you. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because um, how old are you, Ross? I am 28 years of age. You're 28. So well, there's not there's okay. So there's about nine years between us. Um, and I think what it is is that we kind of have this thing with nostalgia, and up till now. All these events we've talked about are so iconic because they are part of our wrestling upbringing, at least certainly with me. And it's kind of from here onwards that you we kind of meander into a fog and a few events like don't stick with me. But because my bra- when my brain was the most malleable as a youngster, I was watching all the stuff we've watched up until now. Yeah. So I have to think really hard at this point to make sure that just because, you know, just because Miz versus Cena wasn't in, quote-unquote, my youth, is it still... Well, we'll talk about... That's a bad example. <laughs> but um, but it's, it's having that mentality now. And 
I want to put this at the top of lovely, lovely, lovely. I'd agree with I that think one. that I think that suits both of our our nostalgias, doesn't it? Yeah, this was actually my last WrestleMania before dropping off. I didn't make it through the next WrestleMania before. You know, when you get in high oh, school okay. and then you 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 can't be seen to be liking professional wrestling too much, but you're still keeping up with it on the sly. You might watch the odd episode of Raw on Sky Sports on a Thursday night when it used to air at like seven o'clock. Was it nine o'clock or something like that? I can't remember. But yeah, nine this, o'clock. This is my first. Uh, sorry, my last full-time fan WrestleMania before I, I came back with the 2012 Royal Rumble. Go on, Seamus. Oh, nice. <laughs> but, Welcome um, back. I love that. Yeah, the 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 big tough. Strongman stuff at the start of the match, I guess, was, yeah, Triple H and Batista are going to get that. But then I just love the fact that after Triple H gets slingshot, I think, into the ring post and the blood appears, that's when Batista then just turns into a massive savage and Triple H just doesn't mm. get a look in from there on in. And to go back to you saying, oh, maybe Batista could just handle himself if Triple H wasn't fully on board. I think the way this match went, thankfully, Triple H was fully on board because like Sarandi Orton the year before, that was all built just to make Triple H look better in the grand scheme of things, wasn't it? Triple H was on board here with making Batista look like a star. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a shout out to Mike Yoda's jumping off the ring apron chair snatch from Triple H. It was fantastic. Get that. In the oh, Hall I forgot fame. about that a, bit. That is liquid refereeing. <laughs> liquid refereeing. He's back again. Dun, 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 Mike Yoda. Nobody counts to 10 like Mike Kyoto counts to 10. <laughs> WrestleMania 22, we go on to now, though. Triple H versus John Cena. Another star-making thing with Triple H in the main event of WrestleMania. He's changed his ways. It was um, this this one. Now, this one, this the story here was quite an interesting one because John Cena became WWE champion the year before. He moved over to the Raw brand. And the story was that Triple H just didn't think he could go. That's the basis of this story is Triple H is like, this guy's just a... A, a one and done like i'll show him he's very flippant and he's so flippant that the crowd kind of starts to get on side with triple h in chicago though this. isn't it so of course they are nothing mm, against chicago do... but you know smarky smarks and all that stuff <laughs> it's bizarro world it's like canada um but even in the build-up to this like there is some like pops and stuff for triple h as he's as he's just being deeply sarcastic and cutting and salty towards John Cena, um, but he does the th- he does the job at the end. He, he he gets John Cena over. He loses cleanly to Cena, and and off to the races they go. This isn't one of the more memorable matches that that they will have. It's certainly not one of the most memorable Mania moments either. Um, I kind of want to put it in all right. I was inching towards all right as well. It's very yeah. much the story of I've got written down on my paper here: Harley Race versus insert. Uh, pardon me, Harley Race versus insert cartoon modern day cool hip hop and happening superhero. Oh, nice! Whoever I that, like that. Whoever that modern day cool hip hop and happening superhero might be, Tom. I don't know who it would be. Do you? Uh, <laughs> of of that of that of what the eighties? No, of like Harley Race versus facing that superhero from two thousand and six. Oh, with you, with you. Um, ben 10. Is that one? <laughs> yeah, why not? not ben D- Batman Beyond. Uh, <laughs> no idea. But I uh, Triple H. Ed, Ed, Ed and Eddie. There you go. <laughs> Harley Race versus Ed, Ed and Eddie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Triple H using this sledgehammer and Cena just taking all that and then kicking out and then getting up and doing moves within seconds. Not a fan of that whatsoever, but that is Super Cena. That was maybe the birth of Super Cena as we came to know and loathe him. But I would agree with you in saying an all right match. Yes, it made a star. Yes, it was Triple H tapping out in the main event of WrestleMania once again. Doing the job for the business and all that technical 
wrestling lingo. But in terms of great WrestleMania main events, I don't think it's up there. No, I don't think it is either, I'm afraid. I don't think it is. But what could potentially be up there, to segue, Tom, is WrestleMania 23. John Cena versus Shawn Michaels, of course, tag team champions, heading into WrestleMania, battling it out for John Cena's WWE title. Lots of different styles crammed into one match here. We had proper wrestling. We had brawling. We had all kinds of counters. The, the counter things on the 2K game was off the scale. The amount of counters we saw in this match, it was just, it was just a good match. They did a beautiful job here, and it was born out of necessity because it was in January of this year that Triple H got injured. And the plan was going to be, from what I understand, they were going to do Triple H and John Cena again. Hmm. As like a year on, we're going to go again, and here we go. Because Triple H is now a face, Cena's now a face, let's have that one more time. And Triple H got hurt. Here comes, and, and literally, I remember, I remember the moment that Triple H had that quad injury it was during a tag match on at new year's revolution and it was the moment that quad injury happened that Shawn michaels stepped up because i remember Shawn michaels just going wild as triple h was was on the ground he's done Shawn michaels i remember just flying out of the ring and just losing his mind battering people with chairs and just flying everywhere like he went double speed because because obviously the match has fallen apart let's get to the end let's get through it let's get it done and then Shawn michaels was sort of supplant triple h in this build to john cena and so it would lead to Shawn Michaels facing John Cena in the main event at WrestleMania, big stadium WrestleMania. So there was a lot of pressure on this one to perform. And in ring, it was superb. I think they did an incredible job in this match. And it wasn't necessarily the match with the greatest build. It was more, like to say, a build out of necessity. But in ring, as you say, many different styles played along here. Uh, some great bits with John Cena. And the desperation that John has to beat Shawn Michaels is a brilliant bit that I seem to remember where Cena has the STFU in on Shawn. Shawn makes the ropes, but Cena refuses to let go to the point where Chad Patton, the referee, has to literally muscle John Cena <laughs> to the other side of the ring. Like Shawn's so dead. And then, and then that gives Shawn the opening he needs. He only needs one go. Boom. Sweet cheer music. Double down. What a moment felt really special just felt like john cena just desperately trying to find a way and uh little flickers like that i think because cena was again not the most popular guy ever um he would end up tapping out uh, he'd end, end up tapping out michaels to win the whole thing which again is michaels doing the doing the gig making him look great in the process oh before you make your call is it on the same level as wrestlemania 3 or wrestlemania 6 or WrestleMania 14, or WrestleMania 17? That's the conundrum we have to answer here. Uh, I think in ring, I think it surpasses quite a few of them. Yeah, definitely. But I think in terms of the build, not so much, uh, because uh, but that's Adam, that's not their fault. <laughs> oh. oh, do you know what? Bottom of the best. Why not? Eh? It's a fantastic match. Bottom of the match. best. It's a fab match. What is it, it really, with... really is. Because obviously people don't look back, especially at this period of time, they don't look back at John Cena as being one of the best wrestlers in the world. But what is it when he got in the ring with Shawn Michaels? Is it just oh, Shawn Michaels made, being they made so good? Magic. <laughs> Do you, oh, I think, it's, I think they just complement each other really well. Yeah. Do you remember that episode of Raw from the UK where they, they had like, Edge was gonna. Edge had a match planned. There was another match planned. There was another match planned. And then at the start of hour two, they had Shawn Michaels versus John Cena, and it went the whole hour. Yeah. And they binned off everything else for Raw. It went the whole hour. Like that was cool. That felt special. 
where even like JR say, we're going to run out of time at this rate. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to forget. Sorry, sorry, can't bring you any of the stuff tonight because these two are still going. And they would have a great feud over the sort of the spring summer between uh, following this WrestleMania where Sean would just not quite be able to beat John Cena. Just not quite do it, which I really liked. And this is where it all started. And yes, put it at the bottom of the best. It's in Bottom there. of the best. WrestleMania 24, we have Edge versus The Undertaker, which has got to be one of the top two tiers because I love the story of this matchup. The Edge is such a student of the game. He knows every single Undertaker offense and how to counter it. So Undertaker thinks on his feet. Bloody hell. He has an answer for every single question I'm asking here. So let's bamboozle him with a brand new move. The debut. I think, was it, was it the proper debut or had he used it like before? I think this was the debut of Hell's Gate. Yeah. I think this was the first time that we had Hell's Gate. But I just love the fact that Edge is a heel, a very clever heel. He'd done his rest he'd done his uh, his wrestling schooling, his wrestling studying. He'd studied the Undertaker's game, had an answer for everything, so the Undertaker had to whap out something new. Absolutely fantastic stuff here. I thought this was in ring and, and from here, like, there is so many great examples of in ring wrestling excellence in the main event of WrestleMania from the Shawn Michaels John Cena match onwards some great technical action and this was something where this was Undertaker bringing out the best in Edge and vice versa like this was a match that you could tell Undertaker was was locked into and was passionate about and yeah the finish I love the way they told that story here's a young guy who who's got Undertaker figured out or has he Hell's Gate there it is um build to this was great it was all about Edge wanting to end the streak. And I know by this point, the streak has been discussed quite a bit on WrestleManias, but this is the first time in the main event that it was it was featured so heavily. I remember the intro video with, with Edge saying at WrestleMania, the streak. And then as he as in the video, as he hits Undertaker with a concerto, he goes, it dies. Like, that's cool. Stuff like that. You felt like Edge could do it. Yeah. He didn't, but you felt like he could do it. Um... Is it as compelling as Sean and Cena? I would argue yes, personally. I love that story. I love the story of the match, how it's laid mm. out. Fantastic. Get Edge once again, obviously being that there dastardly heel that he is, getting the Edge heads involved. The choke slam on one to the other from the Undertaker from the apron to the floor was absolutely fantastic. Charles Robinson as well. That run. Oh, Down the rug. I know that, it's not uh, relating to the match really that much but you know it's a fantastic wrestlemania moment in my opinion you know when something you know when something's good when it's a gif (laughs) it's a gifable moment isn't it um you know what maybe because we're mates and we're (laughs) deep into wrestlemania maybe because the light beaming through my window at the moment is making me look somewhat angelic (laughs) um i'm gonna say if you want this in the best then let's Hey, if we're Put putting it in the best, if we're putting the year before in the best, I think twenty four fully is deserving of a place in the best. Let's just, Let's is, is it, it. yeah, it's a, it's a step above Triple H and Batista, step above fifteen, step above nineteen, maybe. Go on, yeah. Ooh, do we need to move a couple up, maybe? Step above, yeah. Put it above nineteen. Yeah, it's above nineteen. And watch the anger. WrestleMania 25, I think we're going a bit further down the table with this one, Tom, because they got the feeling, they got the sort of, the seriousness of the the situation completely. They just missed the mark, in my opinion. We had Triple H versus Randy Orton. First of all, Randy Orton, after that year he had in 2009, should have won this match. Triple H should not have won this match. Second of all, the ruling that if Triple H was DQ'd, he'd lose the championship after Randy had kissed his wife. While he was handcuffed to the ropes, he should have been allowed to have been DQ'd and do anything he wants. They should have had swords 
guns the lot. Never mind a DQ of losing the title and all that malarkey. Absolute missed the mark on this one, in my opinion. Um, if they were... I mean, I'm with you because if they were playing darts and aiming for the bullseye, they would have hit the sink in the gents. Because <laughs> this is... And, and, and here's the thing, right? WrestleMania 25. Underneath that, we've got Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That didn't help also. <laughs> Another example of... There's the match that should have gone on last. That had the superior build. It featured the biggest stars... No, the title must go on last. Who's the other person in this picture? Oh, it's Triple H. Ah, oh, interesting. Um, this, this one. I mean, the the one. The crowd were exhausted by this point. Oh, that's Triple H turning up to. Uh, <laughs> do you want to get, do you get that? No? I, be, I best go get it because no I'm waiting a delivery. Hang on. Yeah, I like how with this one, they start with their finishes. Yes. That was a good, that randomly. Was, that was the best point of the match for me. It all went downhill from there because you're thinking, bloody hell, they're throwing all the bombs in the world because that's what the feud up until that point probably said the match should have been. But then the other stuff just sort of weighs it down completely for me. And I'm I'm saying bearable. Don't think it's been worthy, but bearable. I'm I'm going to go with bearable. Actually, I think just about bearable is a good shout for that one. Um, certainly not as bad as some of the stuff in the bin. And it's like technically it's fine, but again, it's a it's a Triple H title match that shouldn't have gone on last. When there's other stuff on the like, I, I echo my argument for WrestleMania X eight. If it's not going to go on last, put it on first. If you'd had if you'd had the first ten minutes of WrestleMania feature a pedigree and an RKO, that'd have been pretty cool. Um, but the build to this as well, I think you 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 went through it beautifully. But oh, what a what a stupid build. <laughs> I mean, nowadays in the era of cinematic wrestling, we're used to like suspending that disbelief that, yeah, there's 300 cameras around that house. Of course there is. <laughs> but it's just, no, the home invasion stuff, the, all that, it just didn't, nah, didn't do anything for me. This oh, it was one. like an so, actual movie film, Tom. Do you know I think the way it was shot, I thought it was fantastic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, well, if it was a movie film it's not doing well on Rotten Tomatoes it's um, it, nah, I, I, I'm agreeing with you on just about bearable certainly not terrible in ring they do some good stuff in ring but um, just nah the tone the mood of the piece that was just all wrong off. tone yeah. wrong tone Triple H glues on a DQ like Triple H going in as champ like there's something about the face going into Wrestlemania as the champ that always I think you should have the heel going in as the champ because then that's the journey in it mm. that's the journey in it it's the champ it's the the baby face challenger hunting the title belt that's the journey 26 I assume is going straight in the best we have that HBK versus that there Undertaker there you go that's it they've done it they have done it this is the first time since WrestleMania 11 that the title match hasn't gone on last. Wow. And it's only the third the f- third time in history. So WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 8, WrestleMania 11 and this. This is only the third the fourth time in history that this has happened and it's absolutely the right decision because last year's match they had was so good. The rematch, the second one and what I loved about this was it immediately picked up where the where the last one went left off, 
and they just kicked it into high gear and they didn't take their foot off the accelerator the whole time. This was great. A great main event. And the build as well. I know we had the match the year before, but the build from sort of uh, Shawn Michaels challenging the Undertaker. Taker not saying anything. Michaels tried to force the issue by winning the Royal Rumble, eliminating his best pal, Triple H, to try and win that Rumble, which, of course, he wouldn't do, and then forcing the issue some more at Elimination Chamber. Coming up through the grate to cost Undertaker the world title, hand that there, world title to Chris Jericho. Getting to that match and then for eight years actually retiring, and the way they did it as well with the drama towards the end with Taker shouting, stay down. We know how great the match itself was and all that stuff. The reversals, the tombstone for the win with that extra bit of stank on it when he leaped up a bit higher. Just absolutely fantastic stuff from top to bottom. Fully deserving of going in the best. Any more need to be said there, Tom? Now, pardon my ignorance here. Is this is this the this is light versus dark, isn't it? This is the the story, the theming of this match. So you had obviously Undertaker with his demonic entrance, but before that, Shawn Michaels ascending from the heavens, all bathed in white. That's cool, and it's just it's a great story. It's just it's like. And and I love the twist on it. How it's like, the, it's almost like the the heavenly guy, the angelic guy, is in the wrong, and it brings up loads of discussions on just because you know they're they're heavenly and 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 born again. Does that make them right? And like this guy's from the depths, and does that mean we need to boo him? Like that story is is so good, and it plays up to both guys are all about. Obviously, Sean Michaels. Uh, uh, a Christian man and Undertaker being a devil, a demon, coffin builder who <laughs> shoots fire, <laughs> and Braun Strowman making train noises is unrealistic. <laughs> Let's never forget this. Um, this was great. This is easily one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. Easily. 27. If you disagree, then you've got an issue. Yeah, you do have an issue. But 27 mm-hmm. is in the bin, isn't it? <laughs> easily the best wrestler no. oh so miss john cena um with the rock as the referee let's just call it what it was it was an advert for wrestlemania oh. 28 the match itself is we're just looking at everything before they go over the barricade and the rock comes down the match is fine i would argue it's more of a raw main event than a wrestlemania main event maybe even a, p- a b pay-per-view main event alex riley stuff getting involved with the, the l briefcase whatever he had in his hands that was all fun stuff but then, as I said there, Cena and The Miz go over the barricade and they count it out. The Rock comes down. Then we have The Rock, the fantastic visual. I know it's meant to be the anonymous GM, but it's just the, a massive man in The Rock shouting at a laptop <laughs> to take you over WrestleMania. Um, then, of course, the match makes it a no-DQ affair, but then sort of nullifies his own rules by attacking John Cena. It all just went off the rails. And yes, of course, it was just an advert to set up the, the next year's Mania main event between John Cena and The Rock. I feel sorry for The Miz, you know, we've had his title reign this time where he selflessly was just putting him, selflessly, I should say, not selfishly, selflessly putting himself in there just to get the title from Drew McIntyre to Bobby Lashley to set up the WrestleMania 37 WWE title match. This one was just, he was lost in the shuffle once again. Hey, it's the bin for me. Imagine, how embarrassing is that, what you said there? This felt like a raw main event. It did, and this it? is your WrestleMania, <laughs> and you're and you're right. And this is this comes at a, a weird time in WWE, like most of these things do, because the, I remember at this point they there was this big push to get away from wrestling again. They go through phases like this where they're keen to just not talk about wrestling to the point where Michael Cole made his wrestling debut on that night, 
and on commentary afterwards are saying, I'm an entertainer now. <laughs> they wanted to ban the word wrestling and replace it with entertainer. There was even rumors going into this WrestleMania, I seem to remember, that they were going to just start calling it Mania going forward. WWE Mania. I've never heard that one before. I I remember I, I I heard it through a few friends of mine. And they said they're going to call it WWE Mania. Oh. Like why? No, silly beans. Um, yeah. So the, and and in a desperate attempt to get away from wrestling, they made this main event that really had nothing to do with the wrestling. As you say, this was a Raw main event. This was basically a promo to set up a WrestleMania main event. But it's the headline attraction of your your financial year so that is a massive problem straight in the bin straight, straight in, the, in bin. the bin at least bundy and hogan had a match yeah <laughs> with bill like you know i mean the, the one saving grace of this was the miz's wrestlemania entrance i was gonna that say great video uh and then the awesome balloons on the stage <laughs> If you had never watched wrestling before and you just flicked on WrestleMania 27 and you saw the show itself from that Miz promo package through to the Miz's, like the end of the Miz's entrance, you'd be thinking the Miz was on a, a similar, like sort of star level to The Rock. He made, from that point of view, they made him look absolutely fantastic. And the match itself surely had a point to sort of solidify the Miz as a proper main event style because people were still not buying it by that point at WrestleMania 27. But. It's a difficult situation to put yourself in if you are booking that show because if, if you've got the chance to put on The Rock versus John Cena a year later, if you're looking at it from the booker's point of view, I guess you would sort of use that match to hype up that, maybe? Is that a sort of way to look at it as a positive? That's kind of what they did. This is kind of a WrestleMania, this is kind of a WrestleMania in three acts, Yeah, really. Like, I feel like had this been... Um, had had obviously now we're we're getting into the realm of doing WrestleMania over two nights. I think this is something that will stick around, and I'm fine with so it. Am I. I'm fine with it. But had had we had that era here, I feel like we would have had John Cena and The Miz on the first night with the winner facing The Rock on the second. Mm. That's how you probably would have done it. I'm not against the build for a year. I said earlier, and I stand by it. I love a year long build. The difference with this was it wasn't a year-long build, right? It was... From, it's I like the journey of a year-long build. Like the, how we get there and how the story ebbs and flows and how these people wind up together. Coming out on Raw after WrestleMania and saying, next year, I want to fight. It's not build. <laughs> it isn't, it isn't. That's what they did. And they, they dip into this story throughout the year. Um, I'm not against the idea of doing that, but it, it did it at the expense of this WrestleMania, yeah. unfortunately. It did it at the expense of this. So let's speak about 28 now. We have The Rock versus John Cena. First, once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. <laughs> 30 see minutes, what I see. 30 minutes for this match, in my opinion, was a bit too long. Watching it back, it, it didn't quite carry its, uh, its weight for the full 30 minutes. I guess that is probably going to happen when you've got a guy like The Rock who isn't there all the time. What's he meant to do? Well, wrestle all the mm. time, I guess. But um, uh, was it 30, was thirty minutes a bit too long for you as well? Far too long. <laughs> I think you could have kept the enjoyment and kept the energy <clears throat> in eighteen. Done it in eighteen. I think half an hour was quite self indulgent as a main event for what it was. I think the fact that it's Rock Hogan is enough. You don't need to then, you know. I know you want to make sure that you push the guys, but the match, as you say, like 
It was 30 minutes, but it didn't need to be 30 minutes. There was a lot like, of posturing, wasn't there? A lot of like, oh. A lot of hot dogging, a lot yeah. of grandstanding, a lot of kick outs of finishers and stuff like that. And um, what I like is that it kind of set up an interesting year for John Cena that they reflect on well the following WrestleMania in the sense that this is like where John Cena has like his 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 calendar worst year, his annus horribilis, because like he loses to The Rock, he's unable to become champion, and he just has a miserable year where he, he just and 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 it all and in his head he all goes this all comes back to that match I didn't beat The Rock and it just set off this chain of events I lost my confidence and then I've just fallen and fallen and fallen since then um, I mean he would fall upwards like John Cena still always felt like he was on the top but if you look at like the win loss and stuff it wasn't the you could see they pitched it as a tough year for Cena yeah. um, this match though it wasn't terrible it was a pro- um, what, I've, what I've called it is a proper WWE main event. If that makes mm, any sense to you whatsoever, yeah, Just in its like structure it, and the, the action hallmarks. that we saw, yeah, all the hallmarks of a main event. Do you want to put it in lovely, lovely, lovely? I'll go there because again, it's it's the two massive names going at it. I did enjoy when they started doing each other's finishes. I thought that was a bit like sort of bitchy and high schooly, and the way they were going about it was a bit petty, and I liked it. Um, but again, <laughs> the thirty minutes, the thirty minutes slog just did weigh it down. Um, it didn't need to be that long, but it was. And I guess again, from the Booker's perspective, getting those two out there for as long as humanly possible, I can see why they would do that, just because they are who they are. But again, yeah. if you're watching it as a fan, it did make it a bit of a slog. And you don't want that, do you? No. Once in a Agreed. Lifetime Part 2. WrestleMania Twice 29. in a Lifetime. <laughs> Rock you vers- will see what I see. Rock versus Cena 2 at WrestleMania 29. Hampered, of course, by The Rock's injury. And watching it back for a, a second time very recently, I didn't realize how noticeable it is. But it is very noticeable that The Rock does get injured. The first time, I didn't realize watching it live because I was watching this WrestleMania live. Uh, if that was because I was drunk, it might have been the case. Um, but I saw The Rock was doing some sort of motivational speech with a, a, an American football team. I don't know if it, who it was. I, I don't know that sport at all. But he was, he was showing like, clips of this matchup is, for some reason to motivate, uh, to motivate these American footballers. And he made a big deal about how he was injured, but he carried on. And watching it back, it is noticeable. That's a long-winded, a long-winded way for me to say, Tom, I noticed that The Rock was injured and that hampered the match. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. It Did it go as long? I can't remember the exact runtime of this match. I don't think it went as... Just off the top of my head, I don't think it was as long. It didn't feel like as much of a slog, but maybe they did take it home a bit earlier because um, of The Rock's injury. He was, I'm going to check the runtime of this the, match. The, the mobility of the great one, it was hampered. Mm. It's a shame because uh, you know that's the best, that's your one match of the year that you've you know you're built to for an entire year and th- oh, actually three years really in the case of this, but um, it's a shame that it that it didn't go the way they hoped it would. Yeah. Um, but by virtue of it being shorter, it did kind of make it somewhat better than their their previous one. While you're looking for that, I'll just I'll throw another point out I've, there. Was I've, it, was I've it... got it here. Go on. Um, 23 minutes and 59 seconds. So it was approximately about seven minutes shorter than the first time <laughs> round. So the length was about the same. It didn't feel as long. No. Weirdly. Yeah. It was... I, did. I guess that's down to like some of the, uh, the, the stuff they did in it. It didn't feel as long. We're lagging. We're not lagging. Are we lagging? We're back. Sorry, Tom. I We're was lagging the there. Um, I was going to say as well, was The Rock walking in as champion building up to a very predictable ending? Because I think we all knew, even the not-smarky-smarks knew, that The Rock wasn't going to be sticking around forever in WWE at that point in time. Was John Cena coming out with that title a bit too predictable as well to, to wear this match down a bit more? 
it was predictable. Um, but I think just because something's predictable doesn't make it always bad. I feel like if they're telling this Adas Horriblia story with John Cena, like his the worst year ever started with him losing to The Rock. I think to have to beat The Rock for the WWF title seemed like exactly the right way to to kind of fix that. You're back on top and you've done it beating The Rock as well. You know? Which is which is which is good all round, isn't it? Yeah. So we've got 28 in Lovely, Lovely, Lovely. I would say this is a step below. Are you going to put it in, in the middle? In all right? Is that where it goes, you reckon? Uh, I'll leave it up to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it going in all right, actually. I'm happy going with it in all right. That's a good shout. Yeah, we'll go for it there. I know people always say there's one better than the other, and I always forget which one people say, by by and large, the, the general consensus on this one. But in my opinion... Well, we're, say, we're saying their first one is better. Yeah, the first one was And I'm better. fine with yeah, that. Yeah, go on then. Even though it was a bit longer and a bit more of a slog. But going on to 30, the winner just got to get it up there, surely, haven't we? Just got to get it up there. Yeah. So this, I I love this, is Daniel Bryan, Dave Batista, Randall, Randall, Keith, Randall, Keith, Randall, Randall, Keith, WWE Championship... Uh, a match that we don't think they wanted to do, and we think that we made them do, or did we? Or <laughs> did we play the game, pun intended? <laughs> Was this what they're always going to do? I I don't know, <laughs> because I know that WWE makes some appalling decisions, but I surely, I can't believe they would have just had Randy and Dave in a singles. Both hated. <laughs> I could believe in the it. WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, I think they. I think had Dave got the reaction that they wanted Dave to have, I think they would have done yeah. at the Rumble. But when Dave won the Rumble and he was flipping people off because they were booing him, I think that's where they went. Ah, uh, this is a problem. <laughs> this might not be the main event. Main event that we need. Yeah, it was a, uh, just the, the story of the match as well. Obviously, with the two bigger lads ganging up on the the smaller lad for a long time, and then Daniel Bryan fighting back after that. I forget which name they gave it officially but the Batista vomit the RKO through the announce table which was a gnarly AF moment bro mm, can you remember what the, the, R- the official name was R- RKO bomb is that what it was <laughs> I don't know. RKO bomb with chips um the let's let's call it the the evolution slam yes the evolution <laughs> the, slam we lost the the we we feuded with Triple H bomb <laughs> the H bomb uh Hey! So yeah, but after Daniel Bryan went through the table, going through that move there, the fight back he did was absolutely fantastic. The final stretches of the match is obviously the highlight for me, and Michael Cole doing arguably his best commentary work, I thought, of his career potentially. Yeah. The the miracle on 34th Street, whatever he called it back in Bourbon the day. Street. Bourbon Street, that's the one. It's a miracle on Bourbon Street. I'm getting that, that Christmas was... film mixed up, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did Santa cash in his money in the bank at the end of that one? That, yeah, this was great. I mean, we'll debate forever how much of... Daniel Bryan's involvement in the WrestleMania main event was 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 pre-planned or was was just them admitting that if we don't put him in the main event, the crowd are just going to poop over everything. So I don't know, but what they gave us was a really great main event. I think Daniel winning the belt was the obvious choice. Again, predictable, but fine with it because he fought through adversity all night to get there. And boy, did they love him for it. Like he was the star of that WrestleMania, of WrestleMania 30. It was all about Daniel Bryan. It was the night the streak ended, but by the end of it, people had a lovely time because Daniel Bryan was the was the champion that he always should have been, albeit not as long as we'd all hoped he would be, yeah. but he was, and it was a 
gorgeous moment really happy moment that you know we we took we took wrestlemania 20 out of the list i kind of get those same vibes from this i really do uh but with less of the hurt so i want to put this in the best yeah it's in the best for sure just one hell of a finish to a lovely wrestlemania Mm. 31 lanes uh, sorry reigns versus lesnar i know you said lanes versus resner <laughs> reigns versus lesnar let's forget about the cashing for a second as hard as that is to do before the cashing this match brock lesnar versus roman reigns was absolutely fantastic i thought and people mm. don't people don't speak about it glowingly enough in my opinion i think they had a real good knockdown drag out fight it wasn't the longest match but it didn't need to be and they they tore strips for a good while with lesnar getting the upper hand over over Roman. It, you really were kind of, to an extent, really behind Roman. I know the crowd weren't 100% behind Roman, but the idea that he's somebody that could probably size up to Brock Lesnar, the final boss of WWE, kind of felt like it could be Roman. And obviously what happened happened, and it made it one of the more compelling WrestleMania main events in history. I just love the story of Lesnar just tearing Roman Reigns a new one and Roman Reigns enjoying it. That image yeah. of Roman Reigns just getting beaten up for so long, and like it was that I think was it clothesline on the the, the apron or something like that. I picture that side of the ring anyway. Reigns goes through some horrible move, and it looks like his neck just snaps, and he just gets up and he starts smirking. That sort of stuff I thought was fantastic. It just made Roman Reigns look like a sick, sick man. But then of course Seth Rollins would come down, he would cash in. Another fantastic way to end WrestleMania. Pretty much a different flavour to WrestleMania 30, but still just as epic. Unbelievable stuff. This has got to go in the best, hasn't it? Ooh. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that the ma- I think this is the best Roman and Brock match we will get. And I think it's a, a finish that is highly talked about and highly enjoyable to watch again. Yep. With the and and hey. I, I know you have a, a love-hate relationship with, with one Lord Layfield, but... Heist of the Century a, is a fantastic What a line. great call. Yeah. What a great call. The Heist of the Century. And it really felt like it. Like, it, WrestleMania main events have always felt sacred. Like, up until WrestleMania 16, like, a heel had never won. But then after that, it seemed like for them, I'm just trying to flog my memory here. I think for the majority of the time, faces have won. Right? Since then, like the face is always left on top. Nobody thought Seth's going to cash in during the main event of WrestleMania. Especially it's after sacred. losing to Randy earlier in the night. Yeah, yeah, lost earlier in the night. This is a sacred thing, the main event, the mania. Like you just have the two, go for it. Which made it even more even even more exciting when his music hit and you're like no way really and then he won it what that's ridiculous is he, that's he's great forget, he is a heel as well just by the reaction of the crowd that's just how great of a moment it was that people got lost mm. just lost in the moment and went mental but uh yeah wrestlemania 31 firmly in the best for me but then cutting from the sublime to the boo i was there at wrestlemania 32 inside that wonderful big thing that they call a stadium um it's more than a stadium in my opinion it's a wonderful place in the middle of a desert there's nothing around it it's an amazing thing um anyway roman reigns versus triple h deserves to go in the bin yeah this one i'm trying to remember some of the story that got us here and i think it's more a case of they're just keen to get roman reigns over as the guy and it's another another chance for them to try and do that. And Triple H being like, well, he can beat me and that'll help. 
I think people quite like seeing Triple H as champ again. Especially with that NXT. That p- just NXT standing in that particular part of the fan base that was booing Roman Reigns only caused Triple mm. H to get cheered even louder. This was just a WrestleMania main event where people wanted to see the heel win. Well, the heel win. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really was, but it was always going to be Roman. Like it This was, was yeah. always going to be uh, the, the chance to get him over. I mean, I don't remember too much of this one, but I know, as you say, you were in the middle of the desert for this one. I'm trying to remember, I think, was I watching this? I feel like I was watching this at a casino in Newcastle. <laughs> I think this is one of the two WrestleManias I watched at a casino in Newcastle. Yeah. And uh, I remember the general feeling being a very pro Triple H crowd in Newcastle. There was a lot of love for the game over Roman Reigns. Cheers every time he landed a move, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in of terms that. of just trying to remember things from the match, it was a pretty standard sort of wrestling match, if you want to call it that. Like another proper, mm. like. WWE main event, if that term even makes sense to anybody whatsoever, it makes sense to me. It didn't have that WrestleMania main event sheen, no. did it? And that's despite the fact Stephanie did her best share impersonation for the Edmonds. Hurt that Triple H Edmonds for WrestleMania 32 was absolutely outstanding, I thought. Was she on the balcony? On the was balcony, she on the balcony? Yeah, was... giving us all a speech of how we were peasants and stuff like whatever she said. And then all the skulls <laughs> came out. It was a, a fantastic visual. Um, and of course, mm. the, I guess the highlight of the match was her taking one hellacious spear from Roman Reigns. Jeez, was she took one, didn't she? In the chest. Flipping <laughs> heck. Hell of a spear that was, my days. But are you still putting this in the bin? Would you not would you not be convinced to put it in just about bearable? Because whilst it's not the the most standout WrestleMania main event, whilst the crowd certainly aren't playing along, they're not playing the game, it's not a terrible match. By any stretch of the imagination, it's certainly not booked appallingly, unless you're counting the, the, the booking of Roman Reigns' world killer as part of that package. I put it in just about bearable. I think it's better than some of the stuff in the bin. I'll go with it. It's, better, yeah, it's better than Triple H's match against Orton. Yeah, definitely. I'll, well, yeah, that means if we put it in bearable, that means it's on the same level as that WrestleMania 25 match. There you go. There you go. We'll put it above that in just about bearable. Above that in just about bearable. So they'll move mm. Randy Orton and Triple H down to the bottom. I'm just try- thinking back that match. Apart from the, the Stephanie Spears spot, there was nothing that got you out of your seat. It was it was it was like Vuvuzelas at the 2010 World Cup. There's the booze <laughs> that was going all the way through that match. And then at the end, it got quite like toxic. Just people just sort of ripping up their tickets and walking out the walking out the arena before the. When he sort of saw the right was on the wall and Rome was going to win, people just left. It was an amazing thing to see. I am gobsmacked at the people that bought tickets to WrestleMania yeah. thinking Triple H is going to beat the the top babyface in the company on the biggest show of the year. Easy. And being shocked when he didn't. Like I just want I just imagine a row of Pikachu memes <laughs> as Roman Reigns picks up the very obvious pin over Triple H. It was quite hard to watch because Roman's daughter was pretty young back then and she came out at the end and the booze were still going. And we're just sat there like, oh, I have a bit of compassion, lads. It's only a little girl. You're booing the guy's <laughs> daughter. Oh, there was, do you know what? There was some nasty toxic behavior around Roman Reigns at this point as well. I remember, geez, I remember there was a thing going around online. Like, inst- oh, just makes me angry. Instructions. For wrestling fans, uh, wrestling shows, when Roman Reigns comes out. And somebody, somebody had gone to the trouble of making this A4 laminated thing that was like, when Roman Reigns comes out, we must all turn our backs. If a small child tries to cheer him, 
calmly explain why he's a bad champion. You oh. bellend. If you're the person that wrote that, you complete <laughs> ghoul. You cretin. Let people have nice things. Jesus. Really annoyed me. Wrestling fans let me down sometimes. <laughs> and on that occasion, wrestling fans let me down. Because to see that floating around, a grown person writing... This is what you do when Roman comes out. Explain to a child why you why you're booing. Oh, I have never seen. They that can get before. in the bin. Yeah. <laughs> it is Happy so, WrestleMania week, everybody. It's so weird looking back on that period of time when Roman Reigns just how great he is now. It's it's, it's oh so god, weird, it's it? yeah. And, and and do you know what the 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 maroon that wrote that is still watching wrestling? Yeah, and probably cheering Reigns bet. now. Next time he goes to a show, even yeah. though Reigns is actually make sure you cheer him. Explain to kids why you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. You live and learn. Oh, it made me mad. Made me mad. You live and learn. It did the rounds, and I was just thank God I was. Do you know what? I think <laughs> had I had, had I been working for you guys then, I probably would have probably would have got us stricken several times <laughs> <laughs> for ranting about that and using bad language. Hey, deservedly so. But moving on to WrestleMania 33 once again, Roman Reigns is in the main event, but this time he's against the Undertaker. Hey, it was just sad to watch. We've since learned, obviously, through the um, the uh, the last ride documentary on the network. Taker himself admits that he shouldn't have been in that ring. And I don't want to say it was horribly obvious that he shouldn't have been, but it was. And it was sad. This is this is like this was like accidentally bursting a bouncy castle and watching it slowly deflate. Yeah. It's just like, oh Jesus. It's just that final spot where obviously Reigns being the younger man is literally I mean literally in the most literal sense of literally, literally running rings around Undertaker while he's sort of dazed oh. and confused and can't keep up. I didn't want to see that visual ever. Ever, ever, yeah. ever with The Undertaker. But if we were going to see it, it should have been the last thing we saw. Mm. As opposed to, let's just keep on bringing him back. I don't mind. Like Undertaker always wanted to kind of go out on his shield. Not the shield, but ironically. Um, he wanted to go out losing in a, you know, and being beaten by a better man. And on that night, as that match wasn't good. No. That was not a good match. It was not a it was not a pleasurable watch. It felt sad. And uh weirdly, that should have been the last that should have been kind of the last time we saw Undertaker. He put the hat in the ring and everything and left. And what came from that awful match though, and this I'm not adding this to my feelings on the match. This is still going probably in the bin. Um the promo after. On, on Raw, Raw. Yeah. when Roman walked out, no doubt had something planned. The crowd just booed and booed and booed. He tried to talk and they booed and booed and booed. And eventually, after about nine minutes, he gets just Mike and just goes, this is my yard now. <laughs> Done. Imagine if that had been where we met head of the table, yeah. Roman Reigns. Nice to meet you. I'm head of the table, Roman Reigns. Well, hello, welcome. You are the biggest star on the planet. Away we go. It would have been stunning, but we didn't get it for a couple of years yet. But um, the match itself, I want to put it in the bin. And I hate putting an Undertaker match in the bin because how funny is this? We've got an Undertaker match both in the best and the bin. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts in it, the world of professional mm. wrestling. But just yeah. looking for the positive from that match was the, the spear through the announce table. Just watching it back the other day, that's all I could find, really, from a positive standpoint. It was just sad. And, of course, we learned through the last right as well that this was supposed to be his last match because this is why they started making the documentary. But Taker wasn't happy with that being his last match. So he came back. And then he wasn't happy with the next one being his last match. So he came back. 
and he wasn't happy with that one being his last match. So he came back. <laughs> it's the it's the equivalent of leaving the house and you keep forgetting whether you've locked the door. Yeah, <laughs> just it just draws it out too long. Incidentally, uh, just to add a little bit of a uh, little bit of color to this story, uh, I watched that match also in a casino in Newcastle. Sat next to, uh, alongside a stand-up comic and star of the sitcom Heaven, uh- Stefan Petty. Me and Stefan went to go see that, and Stefan Petty is a big fan of Cultaholic. So oh. a big love to Stefan Petty. Hello, Stephen he's a big Petty. fan of your he's a big fan of your work, by the way, Ross. He, is he, he actually? I, I saw him last week and I was when I was at, at Radio Newcastle and he's on after me. And uh he says he's a big fan of your work. So I'm passing that along now. Look oh, at that. Thank you very much. L- live. <laughs> I'm take the back by that. I watched <laughs> I watched that match in the stadium, Tom. I was there for that WrestleMania as well. Oh. And there was not a dry eye in the house. We got, we got to talk about the the bit after the final bell as well. We're taking putting his gloves and his hat and his coat in the ring. Oh, the feeling in that stadium was so weird. Just people mm. like because you couldn't believe that you were like, is this is he actually retiring here? Obviously, we'd learn he wouldn't. But this was supposed to be his retirement. And what a way it would have been to go out if he was happy with that match. It's a shame he wasn't oh. happy with that match. But obviously, you can see why. It wasn't a very good account of himself. Given, but it's. Again, that's a, I'm having a game of mental tennis with myself here, Tom, because obviously Undertaker being Undertaker, wrestling for that point, going on 30 years, not quite 30 years, but going on 30 years, it's going to be having an effect on his body, and it clearly was. And it, oh, I'm glad the bone match, the boneyard match happened, but we'll speak about that later. I'm a, hmm. Undertaker is such a difficult subject to talk about, isn't he? Conflicting emotions. Yeah, because it's, it's a guy who should have gone a while ago. Yeah. And, just, and, and you, watch, you watch that documentary, and... You really want him to quit, but then Vince is like going, hey, if you want to quit, you can quit. But Vince is saying it in almost like a gaslighty type way of, yeah, stay in here. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never leave. <laughs> I'm glad that we went out, not here to Roman Reigns, a younger man, but he went out, said goodbye at Survivor Series in an empty, in an empty arena, and then did uh, cameos for All Elite Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's the way Undertaker should have always got out. Just like a real man. WrestleMania yes. 34 now. Brock versus Roman Reigns in the main event. Obviously, the build to WrestleMania 34 from Brock Lesnar's point of view was just all the speculation about him going back to UFC. Everyone seemed to think, I remember thinking it's a foregone conclusion that this was the way we'd get rid of Brock Lesnar from WWE after his modern day, I'm going to win the title and just, you know, take it home for several months at a time and then come back for a match and then go home once again. I thought it was a foregone conclusion that Roman Reigns would finally get the big win that he maybe was going to get at WrestleMania 31 before those plans that there changed. But no, Brock Lesnar's elbow met Roman Reigns' head. The big dog turned into Gromit after Wallace's jam machine went a bit wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That is a hell of a reference. (laughs) Splat. End the video here. End the video here. Stop watching. (laughs) It don't get better. I love Wallace and Gromit being when Gromit got covered in jam. That is what Roman Reigns looked like at the end (laughs) of WrestleMania 34. And Brock Lesnar walked away with the title, Tom. Your thoughts on that one? He was wearing the wrong trousers. Um... Okay, so this was uh, problematic. This match, um, not for the not—that's the wrong word to use, really. But there were problems here because this was a match where the crowd didn't like Brock because he was leaving. Yeah, the crowd didn't like Roman because Roman. It was the main event of a five-hour WrestleMania. <laughs> the uh, at this point. 
Uh, I'm looking at the network just to give just to give myself a little bit of an idea as to where this sits in terms of long WrestleManias. Uh, clock this one clocked in. Let's see at 34, five hours, three minutes and 35 seconds as a WrestleMania. Uh, 33 was a whole minute longer according to the network, Oof. but still long nights at the office. Not even the longest night at the office, but the crowd were knackered. The crowd were disinterested and they didn't want either guy to win. No. I just my my overwhelming memory of this is the crowd just dumping on it. Even though there was blood, 37 F5s, 912 spears. Somebody just kept they were just mashing the finishers to get through it. Um Is it It's one of the bottom that? two tiers, I'm suggesting. Yeah, I think it's gotta be. I think it's got to be. I mean, they did what they had to do and they got it done relatively quick. I don't think it's I don't think it's been worthy though cuz there was some good action to be fair. I mean, obviously the blood is mm. always a welcome thing, especially at that point in WWE history. It was a real rarity to see stuff like that. Um and the F5s, they were there was a full 25 of them, 38 however many there was, one through the announce mm. table as well. There was some good action, so maybe that does keep out the bin, but it was just a really unsatisfying end to a WrestleMania. That was, by and large, just a, a fun show, wasn't it? Mm, it was It was all right. There was a few matches that kind of fell a bit down on our expectations. I mean, like the, the opener, which was the triple threat for the Intercontinental title, was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Charlotte beating Asuka on that show, which is a bit... Um, I predicted what? that one. I'll take that one. <laughs> you take that as your fault, then. Um, AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura fell, fell flat, quite low yeah. of expectations. Uh, we had the heel turn at the end. So Rusev should have won in that United States oh. match. Uh, triple threat. Uh, sorry, should've... fatal four-way match, wasn't it? Ruru should have won the US title on that night. So it kind of, I mean, there was the, um, there wasn't loads to really get the cat excited about with this one, if memory serves. Um, that's weird, that because I was thinking WrestleMania 34 and that stage and Daniel Bryan's return. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that was a fun WrestleMania to watch, but maybe I'm just a sick man who likes terrible things. Was that the night we had Undertaker Bray Wyatt? I think it was, wasn't it? Take a John because... Cena, wasn't it? The squash was match. It take it... I thought that was the year after. No, 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 I think it was. I think it was the squash match. I think it was the squash match. I think I've. Where Cena was in the front row the... for the early parts of the night. He was, wasn't he? That's that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember which year. Oh gosh, yeah, the bloody um, Bray White one happened ages ago. I'm talking out my my opinion. I'm talking <laughs> 30, out my opinion. Undertaker Bray uh, White was 31, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking out of my opinion on that. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, the seat now the seat. Yeah, the Cena Undertaker stuff. I quite like that. Like they they never there was John Cena like going on to going out onto Raw every week and calling out the Undertaker and Undertaker not responding to the point where like he was going to get desperate and 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 go on to like SmackDown and NXT and Good Morning Britain and, uh, <laughs> and and Ground Force just keep calling out the Undertaker and then they did the stuff and like, they teased Elias and all that was great so that was that was an exciting part of that show that I that my brain had fallen off that was probably the highlight but I wouldn't have put that on last. Um, and then by that, but by the time we got to Brock and Roman, the crowd were tired. We were all tired, and it was what it was. I think just about bearable. Yep, it's in there. Is it in there? Yeah. It is in there. It is in there. It. I can Pop confirm it in it's there. in there. WrestleMania 35, of course, was the first ever time the Leddies made a vendor WrestleMania card. We had Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. The entrances were great. Charlotte in a helicopter, just like her father, as we would say up here in the northeast of England, her father. 
her dada. Uh, Joan Jett playing Becky Lynch down... Uh, sorry, Ronda Rousey down the ring. Becky Lynch had steam. <laughs> <laughs> Just lots... But it's fine because by the end of the night, she'd become the, 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 the hottest property in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. She was brought to the boil, so to speak. Um, after mm-hmm. lots of... Lots of moves involving all three people in the match. It was seamless. Liquid wrestling, once it, well, not seamless. Lots of liquid wrestling up until there wasn't liquid wrestling, if that makes any sense to you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the match went home a bit earlier than expected from what we are to believe. The, the finish came out of nowhere simply because that wasn't meant to be the finish. Uh, they, uh, they, they botched a little bit of the finish, but there's historical significance here without a shadow of a doubt. This was the match that had the best build that year, that police so it had to go on last. Oh, oh, God, yeah. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant stuff. And I'm all for the, the match with the best build going on last. Becky Lynch was becoming a superstar of, uh, of, of incredible proportions. And it was right to put her on last. It was Becky Mania. It, they were, everybody was up for it. And I would have preferred Becky and Ronda one-on-one. I think shoehorning Charlotte Flair in there was unnecessary for me. If the main event had been Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey just tearing strips off one another one-on-one, I'd have put this probably in the best. Especially the way that Charlotte was put in there as well, just by Vince McMahon going, oh, Charlotte's in there as well. Charlotte's in it. Bye. Just doesn't help Charlotte's cause at all, does it? No, not at all, because she she didn't deserve it. I mean, she did, because she's still a great performer, but... Didn't need to be in this. I'd have preferred this one-on-one. The match itself, um, we're, you know, we're, 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 not, we're not grading on a curve here. This is, we're judging it on WrestleMania main events. I don't think it was the strongest WrestleMania main event in ring. I think there were some good spots in here. Um, but I don't think in ring it was the best. Um, I, would I say it was lovely, lovely, lovely? don't know if I would. I'd probably put it in the middle. I'll put it high up in all right, personally, yeah. There was mm. there was there was some good moments. Um I'll put it above WrestleMania one in terms of good all shout. right. Just below good shout. just below DBRC and Macho Man and then Sean and Brett. Um, but the right match to go on last in yeah, terms definitely. of every card every match on the card that year, the right match to go on last. The right person had the final shot of WrestleMania that year, so it can't be bad. And tables are for bitches, as we learned. Thanks to Ronda Rousey. (laughs) (laughs) But I tell you what, underrated highlight of that match is a bit where uh, Charlotte is over the top rope, sort of, and uh, Ronda's got her in an armbar, but over the ropes. Becky comes through Charlotte's legs with a dropkick and just sends, like, what's that thing where um, the luchador, the little person luchador gets dropkicked off the apron? It's sort of like that. Like a missile dropkick? Not a missile dropkick. The little person sat on the apron with his back towards the inside of the ring and then someone does a bit like a basement baseball slide dropkick off the apron and he does a cartwheel in the air it's just like that but with Ronda Rousey instead okay I know the one you mean I yeah. can't, the name is falling out I my brain really my, the, the name's gone as well it's a long video but we're on to the final Wrestlemania everybody <laughs> Wrestlemania 36 night one I didn't know what to do with this one so I've done the, the main events of both nights Tom because I thought that was the only th- oh, that sounds like a plan the only fair thing to do uh, Boneyard was the first one and where's this going it's a weird one to grade obviously with it being a, a, a cinematic match um, but it was still fantastic. I I think this was the right main event for night one at the right time because I'm going back to when we watched this and I'm sat right now where I was sat watching it because it was a couple of weeks after we'd all decided in the office that now is the time we need to go home. We didn't decide. The government decided oh, yeah. for us um, where we, it was going to be working from home and we didn't know when we'd be back together. And there was a real... It's actually just gone the week at the anniversary of, of everybody being told work from home. And there was a real 
sense of doom, which sounds really weird. Like I came back home, uh, like I, I did the last video with Adam in the office uh, just a couple of weeks before this, maybe the week before this. Came back here, had this suitcase, which is on the floor just there. That's the same one. I had all me, me gear loaded into it from work. Got a little bit emotional stood in here thinking well this is this is it now this is where we go and it felt like the world had stopped it felt like the world had stopped and we didn't know when it was going to get going again it just felt really uncertain uneasy and and res wrestling has always been fundamentally for me like an escapism thing like that's been a big part of it for me like it's something that is when things have been weird i've always got the wrestling uh, and that's throughout my life, whether it was crying at Hogan winning at WrestleMania six, whether it was uh, watching with mates like some of the big WrestleManias like in the in the late 90s or uh, watching in casinos with, with with comedians later on. It's always been a great form of escapism. And I think in that awful, uncertain time, which it's lovely to see we're kind of forging away from wrestling was an escapism again. Like it, they they put on something that in that in that match they put on something that for the nineteen twenty minutes because we'd watch WrestleMania from the performance center and that was just weird so eerie, weird the no, weird yeah, the no crowd, sad yeah. a little bit like you felt uneasy watching it and that was it was a tough watch but then that happened and for twenty minutes nothing in the world worried me nothing mattered for 20 minutes i was like what is going on this is this is ridiculous and there were memes aplenty and there were moments that made you smile there were moments that made you go what but you know what at that point in time and i hope i speak for a lot of people i needed the boneyard match i needed the boneyard match last year and I didn't realize how much I needed it until I reflected on it before doing this video. I needed that, really did. That got me through WrestleMania weekend, that Boneyard match, for merely sentimental reasons and nothing else. I want to put it in the best for that reason. I'm going for the best. I love that big, stupid thing. It was just a mm. big, stupid thing full of big, stupid moments that only professional yeah. wrestling could do. It's just that, that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows getting murdered, never heard from again. AJ Styles getting buried alive and somehow living through that. I don't care the fact that he did. I just want to know how he got out. That's all I want to know coming out of that match after last year. That's all mm. I want to know. How did AJ Styles get out of that grave? I don't care that he actually did. Now, it doesn't make sense. Don't care about that. Just want to know how he got out of that grave. There was lots of big... The, the, the stupid tractor with its horrible little chug-chug-chugging noise. <laughs> the bit where Taker pops up from behind AJ where you think he's gone and the, the light behind him like he's... <laughs> Some sort of holy. It reminded me when Father Jack Hackett got, was on the stage dressed as Elvis, and the light comes <laughs> out. It reminded me of that. <laughs> uh, and he went into the army, then he got out, <laughs> and he came back with the comeback special. <laughs> oh God, that's it! And he's looking at the burger and the beef. Yeah, just absolutely fantastic. Taker punching the limo window like Goldberg. I don't think that was supposed to happen because I think Taker's forearm got legitimately busted up didn't it and just think it might prolong the yeah. shoot through all the night they stuck for the ju the, uh, the druid sorry it was just yeah what a turnaround on that because because wrestlemania like only like a week or two before there's now it's right it's not happening we've got to figure something out and so the turn i was like a day and a night wasn't it filming all that yeah the turnaround on that was amazing. So fair play to the WWE production team for turning that around in such an incredible 
incredibly short about a short amount of time. Just a big stupid wonderful thing. Just I thought it was a proper like celebration of just how stupid and fantastic wrestling can be. And as you say, I never thought of it in terms of being escapism uh, escapism once again in, for, for for us in this job watching wrestling. But it really was, wasn't it? You just sat there laughing. Mm. Just sat yeah. there laughing. And we need, about the rest we of all them. needed that. We all needed that on that Saturday night where we can't be together. We can't. We can't sit and watch in the office with beers and pizza like we were going to. We can't sit and laugh together. We're all sp- split out across wherever. That united us all. <laughs> that that stupidness united us all, and I'll eternally be grateful for that match. So it's the best. And a fit and final match for the Undertaker. Finally, it looks like he's happy with that mm. one, and it's it's time for him to finally go home. And I'm. I'm happy he's found that peace and he thinks that's that's a good match for me to go out on and go off and enjoy retirement with my guns. He quite literally rode off into the into the night in that in that match and in his career, yeah. which is exactly how it should be done. To WrestleMania 36, night two, we now go for our final entrant, Big Show versus Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Why was that done like that? I've got no idea. Of course, we're not going to speak about that one. That was just... Why was that not just on Raw? Why was that after WrestleMania had gone off the air or whatever silly bollocks they did what for that a, one? What, what a weird <laughs> thing to do. What a weird... I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out, like, why? Because it does mess up the timeline. That was the to WrestleMania have, main have technically event. rest through. And, like, it's, it's everything about that is funny. Like... I don't know what they were thinking. Like, why not just have it on Raw? Yeah, it, it made no sense. It aired you were there Raw, the next it? day. Yeah. The only, yeah, you know, unless they buggered up filming Raw and they left the WrestleMania signs up and went, oh, we'll just add a bit. It'll be fine. <laughs> Maybe that's the, yeah, that, that must, that's the most logical thing I've ever heard about that match. Yeah. So let's just say that was the reason they did it that way because it made no sense otherwise whatsoever. But of course, we've got to speak about Daddy Drew. Toppling the beast, defeating Brock Lesnar in double quick time. Lots and lots, just all the finisher things were full. They were just hitting L1, L1, L1 all the time. Mm. Uh, all the finishers were done. Uh, Lesnar moves out the way of his claim, uh, of a claymore kick. He starts hitting F5s. Uh, hits one F5, I think it was. Drew kicked out at one. Hit two F5s. Drew kicked out at two. He hit three F5s. You're thinking, oh no. He's kicked out at one. He's kicked out at two. Les is going to get the three, but no, Daddy Drew kicks out at two. And then three more claymores later. Yeah, three more claymores later. Drew McIntyre brings home the title in that moment where he sort of reaches out towards the camera to thank us. Oh, it was emotional. And I'm gutted that it wasn't in front of a crowd. Yeah. I'm gutted for him. I'm gutted for him because that, that would have been a special pop for Drew McIntyre doing that. And I know they want to do it this year. I'm anxious <laughs> that they won't get what they think they're going to get um, because fans are unpredictable. And people will see... I'm, I'm liking Bobby Lashley's run and I didn't like Brock Lesnar's run, so I was happy to see Drew uh, take him down. Don't know if I want to see Bobby lose, but then I'm nervous people will boo Drew and it might do more harm than good. Um, but let's talk about this moment. Um, wasn't like a, a great match. It was... It was. It almost felt like some admin that yeah. needed to get. <laughs> let's get the belt on Drew. Let's let's get out of WrestleMania. This has been weird. Every like the the cars are full. Let's get this match done, and we'll, <laughs> we'll all go home and stay locked down till whenever. Um, it wasn't terrible. We had seen it before, though, haven't we? Not just the night before mm. with Braun Strowman and Les- uh, with Braun Strowman and Goldberg, sorry, but obviously with Lesnar and Goldberg at thirty-three. 
We've seen mm. the basically the exact same match with just the finishes being hit. The result is obviously fantastic, but the match itself was it. It didn't mm. get me out. I can I can't remember being out of my chair watching it. Maybe I was for the live reactions video, but watching it for WTF, I don't know if I was. I think I was delighted because I was like, yeah, he won. Yeah. Like we knew he would. We knew he would, and that's fine. Should we put it in the middle? Because I don't want to bury it because it was a match that was under weird circumstances that wasn't like there wasn't anything wrong with it it was what it was and it was under a weird time but nor was it, and it a classic moment and it is what it just Brock felt Lesnar like a bit does. of admin it is what Brock yeah. Lesnar does these days isn't it so maybe it's hampered by that bit of business as well I don't know mm-hmm. well got pretty high up in the in the in the all right tier but the winner was just fantastic wasn't it Drew McIntyre becoming the first mm-hmm. British world champion it felt good it felt good let's it put it in lovely right. lovely lovely why not <laughs> oh go on then well in true it's it's you know, we're showing our british bias come on are. tim come on tim because if he lost he'd have been scottish that's the joke <laughs> it's like tim henman and andy murray come on andy um yeah okay lovely 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 i'm fine with so there we have it everybody we've come to the end of the tier ranking thingy but as we always do tom let's do some quick fire things to find out what is the greatest wrestlemania main event of all time hogan andre is warrior hogan better (sighs) no is austin michaels 14 better than hogan andre yes WrestleMania 17, better than 14? Yes. Cena Michaels, better than 17? No. Undertaker Edge, better than 17? No. Undertaker Michaels 2, uh, 26, is that better than 17? Yes. Oh! WrestleMania 30, Daniel Bryan, is that better than 26? No. 31 with Rollins' cash in, better than 26. No. Boneyard, better than 26. No. 26 is the greatest WrestleMania main go. event of all time. You heard it's it here first. It's not a title match. And not a title match, no. Just a fantastic story with a, a sort of semi-legitimate retirement until eight years later. But besides am the I gonna, Am I going to get heat for not picking 17? You pick what you want to pick, Tom. God, it's like this much. It's this much. It's this much between them. It's this much between them. Okay, I'm going to flip-flop. I'm going to flip-flop. 17. He's gone for 17. 17 is back 17. in the top. WrestleMania 17 Ooh! is the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time. You heard it here first. Wait, Boneyard! <laughs> no. <laughs> 17. Uh, no, um, no that, feels, that feels more right in my, in my waters than... As good as Taker Michaels was, Rock Austin feels that feels like a consummate WrestleMania main event. That feels better in the waters. That's fine. That's fine. That I'm is happy fine. With that. I'll go change. with whatever you want to say. So it's locked. Bam, bam, big low Taylor. It's no, locked um, in. It's locked in. WrestleMania seventeen in. is locked 17. in. Tom, thank you very much. We've got over two hours and thirty-three minutes on the recording here. I'm sure there's a bit of chop out here and there, but it's a long video. But again, we're speaking about every single WrestleMania main event, and there have been thirty-seven in the history of the 36 <laughs> WrestleManias we've seen so far. And that's a lot of wrestling history to cover. Before we bugger off, Tom, any closing remarks for us here today? Liquid Gary YouTubing. Easy, smooth, trickles down the throat. 
Liquid <laughs> Gary YouTube. I have been Gary YouTube from Cultaholic Wrestling. Thank you for watching this nonsense once again. In fact, no, it's not nonsense. It's legitimate wrestling analysis, like all the proper wrestling journalists do. Isn't that right, Tom? We are liquid journalists. Liquid journalism here <laughs> at Cult of Liquid Wrestling. Thank you for watching. <laughs> have a lovely drink, and we'll see you on the next one. Love you, bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 